Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition, another episode of It's Not About You, starring myself, Jamal Harrington, hailing from Brooklyn, New York, and also my hostess with the mostest, Marianne Riley, hailing from Sumner, Washington. Also with us, uh, we have Puddin. Where are you at, buddy? Minot, North Dakota. Uh, uh, I'm, I actually, I'm two hours from Minot. I'm in Williston, North Dakota. Oh, you're in North Dakota now. Yes. Are you for, in the witness protection program? Uh, well, maybe that I can't really uh, uh, discuss that. Because <laughs> that's all. That's all. Only people that I know in North Dakota, South Dakota, even Montana, are people hiding from the mob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, then you need better friends, bro. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Well, welcome to the he show. Hangs out with comics. But he hangs out with comics. What are you? So let's actually introduce uh, our our mystery guest who he just has a a voice so far, not even a face, just jumping in. Um, ladies and gentlemen. Besides uh, Mr. Harrington and myself, we have somebody that this is a blast from my past, going back to uh, my radio days, uh, even prior to radio with Jamal. Uh, this is comedian. Uh, do you still do comedy, Eric? Slash. Uh, Putting. Um, yeah, I haven't done. I haven't done a bunch of stand up lately. But um, I have built uh, from scratch a full-on radio station 24-7, just like NWCZ. And I'm about to, um, uh, I'm moving and building a, a new studio. And once I build the new studio by probably February, it's going to be big where I'm at. Nice. Well, where you're at, yeah. But you're going to be like an internet radio, correct? Uh, correct. But it is, a again, a 24-7 station. Now, also, um, in the past few years I've been out here, I do um, uh, a weekly FM radio. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So, so you've just been busy then for the past what? Well, I left uh, four years ago. August 1st, I left the Northwest. Okay. And I and I have been busy. I did Chicago, and now I'm here in North Dakota. It's, uh, man, it, 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 here's the thing. I'm the funniest comic in town. Now, <laughs> now, now I, I say that, um, but I also say I'm the only comic in town. Okay, that- that makes sense. Right, right, yeah. So, um, but I have done some stand up and 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 uh, and a lot of radio, and actually a little bit of local TV. So, so you're big deal in in a, a big fish in a small pond. Big fish in a small pond. There you go. Big, oh, okay. Okay. Oh, let's change that. Big fish in a mud puddle. There you go. There you go. As long as, you know, as long as that's all that matters is that having that uh, recognition where you're at and 
having having fun. So what have you been up to since you've moved out of the out to the middle of would it be fair to say that you're kind of in the middle of bumfuck Egypt? Um, yes, especially where I live, because I live 20 miles out of town. I literally had to slam on my brakes uh, uh, for a, a coyote on the way home. And a couple years ago, I almost hit a moose. Wow. Well, um, so rush out of uh, yeah. What have I been up to? Um, uh, again, after the pandemic, I left Chicago and and I came here. Uh, I've, I've obviously uh, been in the auto sales industry for 27 years. That's, yeah. you know, that was my day job. So I'm a manager at a Chevy GMC store. Um, but I've got some uh, some other stuff. I'm moving into town. And I'm hooking up with a paranormal team. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, you remember our old yeah. paranormal team, Marianne? Uh, I, that was, I do. Very that was so. P, uh, PHUC, Paranormal Hunting Unruly Comics. You can figure the rest out yourself if you if you just say PHUC. So, uh so anyway, there's a paranormal group here that I'm hooking up with. And again, I've built a station. It's taken me a while. I've got about 36 hours of programming now that's running, but I'm going to be doing uh, a, a comedy radio show. I'm here in the Bakken oil field, right? So the, the name of the show is Frickin' and Frackin'. Okay. And yeah. And then, um, and then the paranormal team, we're going to be doing a podcast besides uh, ghost hunting. And, and uh, I've, I just recently again started um, writing uh, a stand up again, just recently. I've, I've, I've probably written about 15 minutes, I guess, in the past month, month and a half. I'm just going to keep writing until I have an hour. And, uh, you know, that's 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 what I've basically been up to. I've been working 75 hours a week at the day job, you know. But um, Those fucking day jobs that just drain us. I actually today <clears throat> is day one of my staycation. Well, I do, I do not okay. have to go back to work until January 2nd. Oh, wow. Lucky. Lucky. I know. Lucky. Oh, wait, wait. So, Puddin doesn't know this, but guess who? He's not my boss, because uh, my boss is corporate, but I work with. You're not going to believe. Who? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, tell me who. I'm curious. You're killing me. Justin Hayes. No way. Yeah, he is the plant manager and I am the safety manager. You're kidding. Nope. And oh. it actually works pretty good. It works really? Pretty good. I, I, I love Putin's reaction because he knows all of us. Right. No, I would listen, listen, and 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 deep down, okay, I kind of love the guy, but 
to to have to work beside him every day. I would rather fashion a noose for my own underwear and end it all in the men's room. <laughs> He's definitely a different. He's actually, you know what? Uh, he, most for the most part, he is really cool to work with. Uh, like I said, he's not my boss, so that makes a difference. I mean, oh, I, that makes a big difference. I took the job despite knowing him, but it is a really, it's a fantastic company. It is a fantastic, and I have a lot of support for what I do, which is is a, a blessing for me. And um, I just, I, I get to see him. Uh, from a different perspective and it's pretty funny you know i mean although they did give me a bunch of hell at the the manager's meeting a couple of days ago because i said shit and then i i called him and nobody else caught on to it when i was like he's like hey and i was like are you calling me on my language captain america are you kidding <laughs> yeah especially him of all people right exactly but to be fair he is still Justin, and so like the first week that I was there, he came into my office, lifted his leg, and farted on me, and walked away laughing. So, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's Justin, all right. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. He can, if he didn't do that. Yeah, exactly. Now he can crop dust you, but don't you dare say a swear word. I know, right? Wow. Know. And of all words, shit. And I'm like, yeah. Really? It's not even, you're not even going to bust me for saying fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay, guys, I've been out of the loop. Obviously, I've been gone four years. Uh, yeah. Tell me, tell me about this podcast. Oh, my God. So this podcast, we actually have been doing this now for three years and it evolved. Um I had been doing a radio station, a radio show in Seattle before the pandemic. So it was a combination of, <clears throat> I was working with somebody that you've probably known, um, who was a producer for hip hop music and also an artist, a hip hop artist. And um, I collaborated with him in the past doing comedy shows and hip hop shows, music shows. Well. Um, he was producing, he was the, he was the one who was producing the show and they were looking for a, a, another radio personality and they were looking for something to kind of take a different direction. So I joined, I auditioned and joined the show as somebody who brought the comedy. And what I worked with is his, his branding was artist helping artist. And so one of the things that I did was I took this as an opportunity that a lot of, um, up and coming comics didn't get that it was a, an opportunity for them to come in and be on the show and be interviewed so that they could get prepped for shows or when they might be doing local radio stations in other localities and being able to have me coach them on, you know, hey, here's what you want to do. You want to make sure you're watching your language, but you also need to make sure that, you know, you try and hijack the show. And so it was going really well until the pandemic hit. And so then we were doing everything remotely and then uploading the show in. And so then I lost my co-host and I was asked to get another co-host. And I was like, well, shit, since we're uploading and we don't have to be in the same room together, I, I solicited Jamal and said, Jamal, you want to be on a radio show with me? And he's like, absolutely. So the two of us, you know, 
we were doing the show, we would do our our we would record our stuff, send it to the producer, he would chop it up with music and upload it and then but he had expectations that I mean we just ended up having some creative differences that we absolutely couldn't, you know, for him it was all about the music and for us it was all about the comedy and right. the entertainers, the live entertainers and being able to interview them. And so when COVID really hit, um, and things we just, Jamal and I were like, you know what? We think that we need to go our own direction. We're gonna go ahead and we talked about doing a podcast anyways, where we weren't censored and we weren't under the FCC regulations. Sure. And so we said, you know what, let's do it. And um, we called, cousin Todd and said, Hey, cousin Todd, do you want to be a part of this? You want to, you know, lay the groundwork with us. And then, you know, it was going really well for a couple of years, two, three years. And then, you know, as things happened, we, um, cousin Todd, you know, we just, again, we kind of like, we went, you know, yeah, well, we, we just kind of, we definitely went, you know, Jamal and I are looking to take this a different direction and we're looking to be, more of on a professional side you know like this is our brand this is who we are as comics and stuff sure. so we're trying to kind of maintain and have uh, opening it up to having more guests that come on with us and really changing up the flavor of it so and and pretty much the it seems more uh i don't know it seems like it has a better dynamic when you have three people on there than four or five or six and so this gives us the opportunity to have somebody new every week there you go. And oh. and even with tonight, what we were trying to do, because it's the holiday season, like, first of all, I'm really glad you're on the show. Yes, thank like, you for joining us. Yeah, hey, we, thank, we, we, thank I really you guys it. for inviting whoever. Yeah, it was funny because I was surprised, but I'm just like, identify yourself. And then I was like, oh, I don't couldn't. But the thing <laughs> is, it was just like, it's close to the holiday season. We wanted to get as many people that wanted to, you know, share their thoughts, hang out with us, because uh, it's really hard to get guests during the holiday season. Yes. But also, um, this this will be the second to last recording that we do for the year. You know, next time we do a recording, I might be in Seattle, right next to Marianne, recording our very last episode. But, you know, we usually schedule guests for the show, but... I think, you know what? What if we did like a free-for-all? Anybody who wants to come on the show, um, share whatever, just like how you're doing, Eric. Um, sure. You know, it's just like, um, you know, because again, it's the holiday season. I just have a holiday party. And I finally, for the first time in a long time, got it, was able to talk to my coworkers without having to worry about my damn phone ringing. <laughs> so... This was like one of those things where I thought to myself, you know what? Let's do a thing where we're just like, come one, come all, get in this, and let's just let's just hang out and let's just talk for a handful, a couple of hours or so. Well, yeah. I gotta I gotta tell you, I appreciate it because I was sitting here with uh, my wife Priscilla. You guys both know Priscilla. Oh, yeah. And and we're just kind of hanging out, and it's. Um, 
I start a not as big as yours, Marianne, but I start a staycation, a staycation tomorrow as well. Um, so nice. Uh, I well, I got to go in in the morning and I have to have a meeting with my employees. And then after the meeting, um, I'm done for five days. Nice. Nice. So and and then and I was just thumbing through Facebook, having a conversation with my wife. And I saw it's like, hey, come enjoy it. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing that. (laughs) I mean, it's awesome, though, because, you know. And I, I have to say that that's the one kind of crazy thing about my company is, is that for management, we have use it or lose it vacation. So for the next and, and the company is actually pretty much the production side of the house has closed down for next week, other than inventory and some cleaning stuff. But there's no management at all. Everybody said, hey, I'm not losing 40 hours of vacation. So right. I'm out for the I mean, I'll probably do I brought my work computer home and I'll probably do a little bit of stuff here and there but I really you know this has given me a great um a great chance that I haven't had in a long time uh, I moved into my new house a couple of years ago and I still have a bunch of boxes laying around and you know my husband he's god love him he tries but he's just he's he he's a crippled old man and he's he first of all he's a husband uh, yeah. th- that by nature uh, uh, just just uh, screams lazy because we uh, all husbands are, including me. We we come home from work and we're like, yeah, no, I'm gonna have a cocktail and uh, and then I'm gonna put my feet up. So you have to understand though. Here's the difference. So so for you who haven't you didn't you haven't met my husband yet and you haven't had a chance to kind of hear our our love story and our story and it's funny because. Um, so Romeo, which is his actual name. Wait a minute. Oh, you know what? I have not. We were talking a couple years ago, I think, and you were telling me about him, but I haven't got to meet him. No, nope. Nope. So Romeo used to, he's actually a disabled veteran and, um, he used to be a casino card dealer. And, um, when the pandemic hit, of course, the, the casinos were the first, you know, they closed. They sure. were not the first ones. I mean, the government was the first ones to close their doors. Right. But so uh, one day I came home from work and me as a safety per- professional, there's no such thing as, you know, we're considered essential personnel always. And so when I came home from work one day, he was sitting on the couch watching some kind of anime or something. And... I walked through the door and I'm thinking, this is some bullshit. I'm out there working and he's sitting at home watching fucking cartoons. So I looked at him and I was like, look. And and me being a total Seattleite, I'm I'm accustomed to being a passive aggressive Seattleite. I looked at him, I said, look, I expect after I've been working a long, hard day that when I walk through this door, there best be a hot meal sitting on that table waiting for me when I walk in. Do you understand me, house bitch? Oh, shit. Yes, to which my husband responded, of course, we were just dating and living together. He looked at me and he goes, I have a title. (laughs) Well, His title is house bitch and my title is sugar mama. Well, whatever. I mean, 
if it works for you, it works for you, you know? Oh yeah. Well, no, he's, he's, well, he's, he's got his, are you kidding? It's awesome actually, because, um, he is, uh, he's, he still has an income and well, it's not taxable. So now he's not only is he my house, bitch, he's my tax write-off. Exactly. He's a dependent. Right? It's a win-win. Hell yeah. It's fucking awesome. So That is awesome. Well, good for but, you. Yeah. I'm happy for you. Yeah, he does, a lot. he does do what he can around here. But we have just, there's so much stuff. I mean, the new house is like almost 3,000 square foot. So it's kind of a big house. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, like Jamal said, yeah, Jamal's like my mansion. He gets lost in here. Yeah. I, I, I tell I tell people that I have my own wings, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's a big house. I have my own section, you know. Oh, perfect. It's like, you know, like I was telling Jonathan, um, I was like, dude, you're going to have your own, you're going to have your own area. It, it's it's going to be so much fun. That's funny. It's like it's like, hey, hey, where's your ball? Oh, he's in the east wing. Yeah, pretty much. That's you exactly where I'm at. Bathrooms. You have your own bathrooms. Everything. Although, bathroom number two does not have a shower. So bathroom one, three, and four have showers. That's so. Okay. So and I mentioned earlier that I'm moving because I live out in the prairie. I live a half hour out of town. And, uh, I mean, I literally pass uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder's house on the way. I just wave. So, but anyway, so I live way out here, and we've been out here for three years, and we're tired. So, I'm moving into town. I got a place with a mother-in-law apartment um, um, that used to be the garage, and the house is three bedrooms, two bathrooms, two living rooms, two full kitchens. The wow. mother-in-law apartment, the mother-in-law apartment is three bedrooms, one bathroom, one kitchen, big yard, fenced yard, all that. Uh, that's on my staycation. I will be, um, we're building a six foot privacy fence because we have dogs and a little bit of work inside the house. That's what I'm going to be doing on my little staycation. So, um, but, but I'm building a whole new studio for uh, BachandRollRadio.com. And uh, I'm, I'm buying a badass computer and uh, we're going to go for it. So good for you. Uh, uh, Marianne, I'm happy for you because uh, you're actually happy. Oh yeah, I, it's been it's it's been a long road to get here, but man, I have I found like, you know, just my perfect person, and you know, I'm actually looking forward to just being at home and not having to go anywhere, hustle, bustle. We're gonna go to Leavenworth one day. Oh, awesome! Yeah, I've never been, and so what? Not since I was a little kid. I drove through it when I was a kid. Jamal, have you been to Leavenworth? Nope. What? Uh, in town and i feel kind of bad too because after all eight years living in seattle you would have thought that i, I dude i've never even been to wenatchee oh well that's a good thing you're yeah. just call that luck but let me tell you a quick <laughs> quick story quick story so priscilla and i are dating and we um 
And I had asked her to marry me, and she said no, like 42 times. Okay. And I take her to Leavenworth for Oktoberfest. Oh, wow. Ooh. That, okay. That's dope. Okay. So we go there, and we go to the brewery, and, you know, and and it's all about the beer. But, of course, it's Leavenworth is Christmas town, even in Oktoberfest, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, we go shopping through all this Christmas stuff and whatever, and she's having a great time. And we're outside, and this wild, crazy rainstorm hits, and it is just coming down in sheets and the wind's blowing as soon as it hit this this horse and buggy that's covered comes trolling by and we jump on the guy throws us some blankets and we take off and we're cruising around town in this crazy storm and everybody's ducking for cover and we're just in this horse and buggy just looking at all the lights and all the yeah so you gotta go to leavenworth because without leavenworth i probably would not have been able to marry my wife okay i bet you yeah uh, that's actually a very pretty story that's very cool and you were there in october so I was looking at, uh, we were thinking we were going to go. So my, my stepson who's autistic, uh, is down for a few days. So we're going to take him and my niece. Um, it was, so we're going to go, uh, drive over there and drive around. We'll probably come, you know, like come back later in the evening, but I'm thinking we're going to do that on a, a day where the weather's supposed to be nicer. It's, it's going to be cold, but it's going to be nice. There's really not that much snow over here this at all. There's actually really almost no snow this year. Yeah, far- us too. That's crazy. That well, crazy. It, was, it was 40 degrees and sunny today here. Wow. And, and normally by now we have two feet of snow and the high is 15, 14 degrees. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, but so, well, that's cool. Go to Leavenworth. You're going to love it. Jamal, go to Leavenworth. Stop wasting time. Leavenworth is on my list for sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool place. Bring a lot of money, though. Yeah. <laughs> or, a, or, or an empty credit card. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. really fast, guys. Do I don't know how much time we have on this podcast, but I'd like to tell a quick story. Okay. Do we have plenty of time? Okay. You're good. Nothing. Okay. None of your stories have to be quick either. Okay. Well, the, uh, uh, this was an important story. It kind of, it's a little somber, but it kind of hit me. So I want to tell it. Okay. So I, I got here to um, the Bakken formation just really quick it's oil country up north i'm an hour from canada i'm 20 minutes from montana okay oh wow yeah so uh but it's oil country north so dakota, right? yes north dakota okay so i got here august 1st 2019 okay at, at about 8 p.m so August 2nd, uh, I was in a hotel when I first got here. So I woke up in the morning and, and I had to work and I had a couple hours. 
So I'm like, well, I got to go get some sort of breakfast. So I ran to a Hardee's that's not far from where I was. Nothing's far in this little town anyway, but whatever. So, but I ran to this Hardee's and as I was pulling up, the the uh, the line was long at the drive-thru, so I decided to go in. So I walk into this Hardee's to order a breakfast sandwich or whatever, and the first thing I noticed was this really large table of elderly people, and they were all having breakfast together. And as I was waiting, I, I kind of struck up a little conversation, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're all retired, and we just come here every day and, you know, and, and have breakfast together and whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. So then uh, six, eight months later, I leave Williston. I go to Chicago uh, for a job. Um, anyway, pandemic hit. You guys all know that story about the pandemic. I was in Chicago at the time. So a year later, I make it back. Now it's January 21. And I and we get back into town and I go to that same Hardee's. And again, the drive through line was long. So I go in, I see the same group of, of elderly people, but it's only about half of them. Right. So um, and then, you know, I live out of town, so I get busy, blah, blah, blah. Well, yesterday morning, uh, I had to come into town early run some errands before I went to work. So I went to that same Hardee's and I pulled in just to walk in and order a breakfast sandwich. And I walked in and there was the single elderly man sitting at that same table by himself, sipping a coffee, staring out into space. Wow. And it was, listen, it was just, it was such a reminder, such a reminder to not eat fucking Hardee's every day. This is true. This you see what I'm saying? Because, like, it killed, like, 18 old people. So yeah. I'm not, I'm off on the Hardee's. That's that's the moral of the story. Okay, okay, that makes sense. You know, okay. I mean, it's at our age, Hardee's is not a really a good idea. Right, uh, and, and I know that was a long way for a shitty joke, but... Uh, it just popped into my head. No, no. It, actually, they, it's okay. They don't sponsor this show, so we could rip it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're in the country, you got to write country jokes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that's, something, that's something that, like, a lot of people, like, okay, here's, here's a real question for you. If you're in the country... You're in a small town. How many stoplights do you have? Well, we're a larger town because of the oil. So uh, okay. um, uh, if you if if I went straight through town, one, two, three, Whoa. three. That's a lot. Wow. That's pretty good. That's a big size town. Yeah. Well, okay. This town was kind of designed for 14,000 people, but there's about 30. But the but the county has about 80,000. Okay. So, yeah, and was that one of the ones that um, blew up during the recent oil boom, or is this one that um, has been there, like, for... 
Well, there was an oil boom in the 70s and it blew it up a little bit and then it, it went away quick. Um, but the oil boom this time, 12, 13 years ago is when it first hit. Yeah. And yeah, it went from 14,000. There was a time where there were 50,000 people in this town. It's designed for 14,000. There are people that froze to death sleeping in a Walmart parking lot in the winter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's more infrastructure, more police now. Um, so it, it's actually coming from Tacoma, Washington. This is a little slice of heaven. You can walk down the street. Um, you can, everybody carries a gun. Um, but it's not because you're scared to get robbed. It's because if you break down out of town, you don't want to get attacked by, um, you know, a bunch of coyotes or a moose. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. So you know, it's ever, really interesting because you were talking about you could walk down this this the sidewalks in the street at town. You know, you can't even do that in Seattle anymore because you got to walk in the street to avoid all the homeless encampments along. Yeah, the we have we have one homeless guy here, and everybody talks about him because. He's going to freeze to death as soon as it gets cold. Yeah. So everybody talks about him and the police can't do nothing because he wants to be homeless. And they're like, hey, we can put you in a shelter and why not? And he's like, no, leave me alone. And we're like, uh, you know, well, we're going to find you a popsicle in about a month, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, we have in, in um, 80,000 in the county. We have one homeless guy. Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, typically, though, like you said, this time of year, the weather is usually 14 degrees. So, well, no, that's that's at 3 p.m. during the high. It, normally this time of right. year, this time, this time of the evening, because it's it's just after 830 here, you're, you know, six, eight, ten below. And if the wind's blowing now, you're 30 below. Right. Right. And I remember when the boom hit because it was literally when the housing market burst, the bubble burst. There was no building. Right. Everybody right. was leaving their houses and everybody went, holy shit, there's oil in North Dakota. And everybody went flying to North Dakota. And I think they was doing like a lot of fracking or something to that effect. Oh, so yeah. There was a lot of jobs and they were they were producing oil. And so a lot of people, construction workers left. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So well, we'll yeah. put it this way, Marianne. You have met most of my kids. I actually, I think all of them. Yeah. Okay, my two oldest boys um, are out here. They're actually already in town, living in my mother-in-law apartment. I just haven't got to move yet, but um, both of my boys came out here. And within 30 days, got a job, and it's they both make six figures. Yeah. Now, now I say that, but at the same time, rent is probably 40% less than it is in the Seattle area. Um, gas is, um, depending on where you're at in Western Washington, 80 cents less. What did you pay? What's, what's your gas price 
this week, today, or something. Right you know. now, $2.99. Jesus Christ. I was excited. We stopped at a 7-Eleven today, and I was very excited that we got 11 cents a gallon off, and it was three sixty-five. So we paid three fifty-four a gallon. Yeah, so 80 cents. It's 80 cents less here. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and and it's not just uh, that it's uh, food is probably more expensive here, Mm. I think, because of where we are and you got to truck the food. So food's probably at least the same or maybe a little more expensive. But I live in um, it's a duplex, but it's it's less than 10 years old. And it's really nice. I have uh, an attached garage. Um, I have a fenced backyard, uh, three bedrooms. Um, and I, um, they just raised my rent to eleven ninety five. I paid nine ninety five for two years. <laughs> Jamal, North Dakota sounding better and better. Look, tell me that you want me to move to North Dakota without telling me you want me to move to North Dakota. Listen, listen, I can get you both a six-figure job next week. I'm safety. That's not it. That's Okay, so you're a buck 50, Marianne. What, Jamal, what, what's your profession outside of comedy? I am a customer service rep slash salesperson. At a Canadian-owned company called the Richelieu in Queens, New York, and I will okay. say this. Okay. Well, then I you could, could you could not be more valued where I'm at right now. Okay, but Jamal, you could just work for me and make um between ninety and one twenty-five next year, just working for me. Now, as cool as that sounds. At the end of the day, I live in North Dakota. <laughs> it's, it, listen, it's it's wonderful. They, all the parks are just full of Christmas lights. Okay. Summers, spring and summer. Okay. Well, in the spring, you're going to get a big snowstorm that's going to melt. But after that, spring, summer, and fall are are beautiful. Um it gets 90. It doesn't get over 90, though. But it gets 90 degrees. Um, uh, you, you just, uh, it, it's an event. I'll never, I'll never go back to the, I'll never leave here. I'm retiring here. Uh, Priscilla and I love this place. My kids love this place. Now, not for nothing. I'm not saying anything disparaging about North Dakota. I'm pretty sure it's fantastic. Actually, it is. Fargo is on my list of places to visit. Um, oh, that's Fargo, yeah. I, yeah, that's, that, uh, okay. Okay, they call Fargo, North Dakota, but that's really Minnesota. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. That's, when you say Minnesota, is it that far close to the border? Well, Fargo is on the border of Minnesota, and they have a little different politics. 
than we do. We're on the border of Montana. So we're as far from Fargo. We're, we're way up north like Fargo, but we're as far away as you can get to be in the state. Now, but Fargo's politics, they have a little more crime and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, um, but I got to tell you, you know, um, uh, and, and, and I got to be honest, when I first came here, and I'm just going to say this is this is just truth. When I first came here, I was a little worried because it's North Dakota. My my wife is not Caucasian. And I thought maybe that could be a problem living in North Dakota. But I see less racism here than I ever did in Washington State. Well, that's she, she still come. She can still pass as white. She could still kind of pass as white. Well, uh, not when you live here, because she looks very native, and there's a lot of natives here. That is true. So, because she's half native and half Panamanian, but, um, but no, there. I'm, I'm telling you, it is. Here's the crazy thing about this place. If you want to come here and work hard, they don't care who you are. They don't care what you look like. But if you want to come here and and either try to live off of welfare or or deal drugs, you know they're going to put you under the jail. You know, I kind of feel like Eric is running for governor of uh, North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like this is his campaign speech. Wrong. I would vote for you. You're a good guy. Uh, you definitely have my. I would do like one of those. Um, here's my uh, my absentee vote from New York. Run that state, son. That's funny. Oh my gosh. So, is there an Air Force base close by? Um, it is. It, it's two hours from from Williston and 90 minutes from me. Um, it is the Minot Air Force Base, but it's 90 minutes if you drive 75. Oh, OK. That's not too um, bad. Yeah. What's uh, the speed limit like, actually? What's the speed limit like out there? It's like 90 um, miles per hour. <laughs> no, 75. Okay, that's so 85 basically. Well, it depends on where you're at. And it depends on the road conditions. Okay? So posted speed limits, yeah, like all the way from from town to my house, the speed limit is 55. Okay? Okay. In the summertime, if I'm doing 70 and I blow past a county sheriff, they're not going to look twice at me. Um, but if I did that on an icy road, then they'd pull me over and go, Hey, I don't want to have to pull you, um, out of a ditch. So stop it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a safety and, issue at the end of the day. Right. Right. And by the way, um, I have been pulled over in that exact situation. Right. And he came up to me and he's like, bro, you got to slow down. And I go, how fast was I going? And he told me, I was like, oh, yeah, my bad. Sorry, guilty. Um, how much is the ticket? Well, I was doing 20 over. And he goes, oh, oh the right. ticket? Endangerment. Yeah. 
Right. And he goes, well, the, you were doing 20 over, so the ticket would be $20. And I was like, I'm guilty. Can I just pay you? And he goes, no, you don't want those points on your license. Slow down. Get out of here. Drink that half case of beer that's uh, on your passenger seat. And I was like, yes, sir. Uh, they don't. They're, the revenue here doesn't come from tickets. They don't want to write you a ticket. It's a pain in their ass. So if you're not endangering anybody, you're not getting a ticket. Wow. Yeah. If that, here, that hurt. It's, if this was in upstate New York, like Syracuse, right? just by looking at me in the driver's seat, no explanation, I'm getting a fucking ticket. Well, you have to understand, Jamal, um, uh, this, again, is the Bakken oil field. So even though it's North Dakota, it, um, it's a very diverse area. We have, um, uh, we have people from all over the world here. Um, I sell people cars all the time from, uh, from Ghana, from Nigeria, from uh, Saudi Arabia, from uh, I mean, uh, from the Ukraine, from Russia, uh, just uh, they come from all over the world because you can have no education and make one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, and all you have to do is get up and go to work. Yeah, you know, so so you know, I mean, so many people come here. I. My biggest mistake is not coming here 12 years ago. If I came here 12 years ago, I would already be retired. Priscilla and I would have a giant piece of property in Montana with our own private lake or at least lake adjacent so we could look at it. It would already be done. I didn't come here 12 years ago. You know, I was grinding it out on stage 12 years ago in the Seattle area. Yeah. Yeah. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. I I mean, um, I've I've uh, never made as much money for doing what I do, and I've been doing this 27 years. They they pay me a lot of money. That's all I will say. Okay. And and um, you know, I I don't have Tacoma credit anymore. You know. But if you if you want to run my credits in the sevens now, and instead of the fives, <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I just bought a, a car. Well, so they deemed my my Subaru, my brand new Subaru, a lemon after months of fighting. Oh, that that sucks. Well, yes, but well, at least they deemed it a lemon, so they're gonna do they're gonna take care of it for you. Right. So. So it was a it was a big fight. It was a big battle. I mean, I walked onto the lot and I I I bought. Well, I thought what I really. Anyways, they deemed my my Subaru a lemon, and so um and they've been kind of back and forth, back and forth with trying to get it signed off and paperwork, which was just pissing me off. And I finally just took it to one of the not even the dealership that I bought it at, but a different one. And I said, "Here's your fucking car. Here's the keys. Here's the book. Bye." And they're like, uh, do you have an appointment? I'm like, no, but you got your fucking car back and they'll deal with it or they won't. I mean, I'm not, I'm not dealing with it anymore. I'm done. And so 
after a couple of weeks of driving the Lexus, and I knew that Romeo was going to, he was like just getting, that's his baby. So um, I was like, I, I felt, we took it in and I fell in love with this Toyota RAV4, which is, it's a hybrid, but it's also, it, I call it my, um, my Lexus in disguise. Sure. So, um, but it was so funny because it's so subjective on when they run your credit scores. I had like four different places that I, I was going through to try and get the better credit, right? And my credit score was anywhere from 790 to 840. Okay. And the one, what's funny is, is the one that was eight, 840, he was like, that's not even a one tier credit, that's a zero. He goes, I've never even seen a zero tier credit. And right. so the, the interest rate was way too high and I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. And so then they sent me a letter. This is what pissed me off because there's a lot of bait and switch going on with interest rates right now. Come over right. here, we'll give you 5.24 and then you go, okay, and you, you run your credit and they go, okay, that's gonna be 7.99. And you're like, what the fuck? What do you mean 7.99? You said 5.24. Well, I don't know well, what to tell you. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. I am I am uh, a tier. We'll say that, okay. And I work for a, a, a Chevy GMC store, and I bought a, a brand new GMC Sierra, four wheel drive, quad cab, blah 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 pickup. And again, I work for the dealership. And part of my job is finance. And I was happy to get 7.89 right now. Yeah. Happy. Yeah. So anything below that is a complete touchdown. The, the prime 7% right now. It's ridiculous. You know? Well, it's ridiculous. you know. I, I asked them, I'm like, how is it that you have like BEC or something has 5.24 listed and all that stuff. I said, if somebody at my income level and my credit level can't get the best interest rate, how the fuck do you get it? It, oh, there, there are variables, I guess, but it really, it really depends. It depends on if you've got like BCU or something like that, um, they're, you know, their credit unions, they're they're private. So they get to charge what they want. These public banks don't have a choice because they have this this giant group of of uh, uh, investors that get to say, no, we want to make more money than that. So we're going to raise our rates two points so we can collect more money. Uh, uh, but but again, these uh, credit unions and stuff, they're private. So they get to loan money um, and just decide on how much they want to make. It's up to them. But yeah. when you've got a bank like Fifth Third or Key Bank or Wells Fargo, um, they have stockholders that get to determine that and they're greedy. So well, when, when the Fed says the prime rate is seven, so what see because you got to understand a bank like uh, I, a bank let's just say key bank because i know that's popular in your area okay 
So right. if KeyBank loans, uh, loan or or let's say somebody uh, uh, joins KeyBank and they put ten thousand dollars in their account, now KeyBank gets to take that ten thousand dollars and loan it out ten times. They don't even have the money. It's a hundred. They get to loan out a hundred thousand dollars, right? But, but now they don't have that $10,000 sitting in their bank. So if, if there was a run on the bank, they'd be screwed. Right. Right. So their, their, their investors are like, well, okay, so we need a certain amount coming in. So we're not going to charge 5%. We're going to charge 7%, and that's an extra 46 bucks a month coming in from this guy. But when there's a million of this guy, then now that's 400 million extra coming in. Right. Or, or 40 million coming in. Excuse me. Do you see what I'm saying? So that's why they do it that way. They, they have to have uh, enough money coming in to cover uh standard bank transactions blah 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 plus uh their investors and and they want a profit so their profit is going to be on you you're going to pay their profit and that has to do with the interest rates if you buy a car or a home or whatever because yeah. i'll tell you i'll tell you the truth i bought i bought my truck and then Priscilla likes the little Kia Souls, right? Oh, shit. Because she says the white ones look like stormtroopers and the black ones look like Darth Vader, right? Okay. She said that forever. So I took in trade, I took this 21 Kia Soul in, uh, 2021 Kia Soul. And I'm like, that's going to be perfect for, for Priscilla. She needs a car. So I bought it, right? And again, I'm I'm a tier credit, but because it was a used car and it was a second auto loan, I am paying eleven percent, and I fucking work there, Marianne. Okay, yeah. so and 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 listen, it, it's not a big deal because the payment was nothing; it was four hundred bucks or whatever. So I'm gonna. I mean, and it was I only paid twenty grand for the car, so I'm gonna pay the car off in 2024 so my interest rate's really going to be one percent because i'm going to pay it off early but the point I is still like you know i'm sitting here doing the math and i'm like uh wow i mean like i so for me the reason why i i couldn't get a lower interest rate was because it would show on my credit as three car payments because the subaru i it's still my name until i get everything you know resolved Right. And here's the other thing too. These guys, this was really something that was interesting. It's been a really um a learning experience for me for sure with with working with these things because um my takeaway from dealing with this car as a lemon, my takeaway is always have your attorney's review shit because they um the dealer like Nobody told me that I needed to cancel the gap insurance and the extended warranty. Nobody told me that I would get a refunded uh, on the loan towards that stuff. Okay, well, Marianne, 
I understand that nobody told you that, but you know, I've been in the car business for almost 30 years. You could have called me and asked me, and that was the, would have been the first thing I told you is, Hey, any, any of that back end stuff, any warranties, any gap insurance, any, well, we, you know, we have different names for it. Like uh croak and choke is one of the names we have for it. So like, uh, you know, uh, life and disability, yeah. right. People buy that, you know, so their car's paid off and something happens to them. But, yeah, no, all, most of that shit is cancelable, and then you will get a refund for what you didn't use. So in a case like yours, on you would have got 99% back yeah. or, or whatever uh, because you bought a lemon. Well, the interesting thing is, is that according to the state attorney's office, the attorney general's office, on lemon laws, because I finally, you know, I was like, ah, uh, these guys, because they, first of all, they tried to, to screw me and say that, because the way the law is written is that you are required in Washington state to uh, pay a usage fee. So the right. first, from the first time you take it into the dealership to be looked at when you're having a problem is the date that they go from. Right. Okay. Well, for me, that was 8,424 miles. They came back and they were trying to say that it was 11,000 miles. So I took, and they calculated and they said, okay, you're going to need to bring us a cashier's check for in the amount of 1,600. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, first of all, no, I don't. You need to recalculate this. So then they came back and said, you owe $514.44. And I came back and said, no, I don't. Because, so I was talking to the dealership too. And the dealership was like, oh yeah, we can cancel them. And it's going to take about, you're going to get refunded almost all of it. It was $2,800 and some odd dollars. You'll get probably roughly $2,400 back. And I said, so you guys expect me to bring you guys a certified check for $514.44 a week before Christmas because everybody well, discuss that later on. And okay, that seems, well, on. that seems a little steep. Hold on, let me say this. That seems a little steep, and let me tell you why. Um, the truck I was just telling you about that I bought, um, it wasn't the first truck I bought this year. I bought a brand new 23 Chevy Silverado uh, and and I bought um, an extended warranty because I believe in them, right? Even though I work there, I still believe in them. Right. Uh, and then I, I had it six months and this truck came in that I just I really wanted. So I traded my 23 in for another 23 um, and out and I paid twenty two hundred dollars, and I put thirteen thousand miles on my truck in six months. Long story. I went to Vegas. Blah blah blah. Anyway, anyway. So, um, but I was able to get that refund out of twenty two hundred that I spent. I was able to put two thousand down on my new truck. From the refund, I only, I only, at 13,000 miles, I only used $200. Right. Well, so here's what's crazy, though. This was a lemon, okay? So right. 
what the dealership was telling me was we're not going to refund you we're going to refund your credit union and i'm like but the manufacturer is paying it off through the credit union so right. why are they getting the money i said so essentially i'm going to come give you a check for 514 bucks and you guys are going to pay, everybody's going to pay the money to the credit union who then in turn in like three months will send me a check for right. And they're like, yeah. And I said, that's not right. I said, that's some bullshit. So then I sent an email to my attorney general and my attorney general was like, I, I laid everything out and they go, no, they have to pay you 100% of the gap and the extended warranty. Right. They have to pay you off for all of that stuff. Right. And so what I did was, is I basically, I sent an email today to the, the manufacturer and said, here's what we're going to do. You guys are going to write out a certified check for me. And instead of me bringing you money, I will come sign the documents and you're going to write me out a check for, it's like $1,900. And then we'll call it good. So I'm waiting for them to respond and they probably won't respond until next week. Yeah, it'll be next week now. But so, so let me tell you a quick story about North Dakota. One thing North Dakota does have um, because of the oil. So you get rednecks from Texas and Oklahoma. Oh yeah. Okay. So this guy pulls up to the dealership in a completely uh, way jacked up lifted completely camouflaged Chevy truck. Okay. And he opens the door and he steps out and he's like five foot four. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's in complete camouflage. Right. And I'm just like, even though I'm in North Dakota, this is a little weird. Yeah. Uh, clearly. If you saw this guy in his underwear, you would just think he had three testicles. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because all the lumps would be the same size. So anyway, I I walk up to him and I'm like, how you doing, sir? You know, welcome to Williston Auto. Uh, and I go, you look like a big hunter. Yeah. Yes, I am. Oh, yeah. I'm the. And then he starts telling me about all these guns he has in his truck. And this one, you know, he killed a deer with this one. This is a shotgun. He killed a pheasant with this one, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I hated the guy, hated him. And, um, and again, I'm a manager there so I can get away with some shit. So I go, uh, wow. Yeah. 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 You, you know, you're, you know, you're freaking, you know, huge hunter. I'm, surprised you don't need you know have like an elephant or a rhino in the you know in the back of your truck he's like well i'm i'm, I'm going to africa i'm gonna get one blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and i was like and i was like you know i gotta tell you something and he goes what's that and i go uh the best hunter in this state is my wife and he goes what and i go dude in the past 60 days she's got like three deer um like uh two or three coyotes a bunch of jackrabbits uh four or five pheasant right and i was like yeah i know it, uh, it's a real thing and he goes well what does she use 
And I was like, a Kia? Yeah, you don't understand. Uh, I had, like I said, I had to lock my brakes up tonight so I didn't hit a, a coyote. Oh, yeah. You know, we we went, Romeo and I went to um, Yellowstone National Park. And when we were leaving at, when it was dusk, oh, my God, we had to follow a couple of other vehicles because they, they saved our ass a few times because they slowed down when the deer popped out. Oh, yeah. Hey, can I ask a quick question? Yeah. Uh, did Jamal die? I know, right? Because he slumped over and he's not talking. I know. He looks like he's dead, huh? Yeah. I think he fell asleep. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I think so. Jamal. Jamal. Wow, he does look like he's sleeping, huh? Wow. We must have been boring as shit. I no, guess. I'm, I'm awake. <laughs> like, listen, it's like 10 o'clock boy he's usually way stouter than that he usually can like hang with the best of us yeah well there you go there he is you know, you know hi hey, jamal i am i am completely checked out for the holiday season I what are you doing for the holiday so i am off monday and tuesday okay uh I am actually right now one of my coworkers who works on the second floor with me was off aim. So this was the first time that I was actually all alone taking calls into and whatnot. And I actually enjoyed it. It was actually fun. It was great. It was a long day. But uh, I'm thinking to myself, man, I got to record this podcast. I hope that, you know, I had some coffee. Uh, I ate lunch, dinner just now. Nice. And uh, working on my clock ass, I'm just like, uh. um, as far as for the holidays go, I'll be home here in Brooklyn and uh, I will be in Seattle. I fly out on the 28th early in the morning and I land in Seattle at around 11, I think. On the 28th, which on is the 28th. Uh, Wednesday? Uh, Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. So I mean, for the holidays, I'm I'm actually happy because next week I only work one day, and that's Wednesday. That's funny. I that's, I, that's I thought to myself, I was like, well, why don't I take the whole week off and have twelve days? Oh well, almost twelve days. Like oh no, that's crazy. I did that. Um. I've never had, I don't think, it's been, a, the last time I had 12 days in a row off, I was unemployed. So, <laughs> you know, I got paid for it, but not quite the same. Hey, the last time I had 12 days in a row off, I was in jail. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sucked. So, hey, can you guys talk amongst yourself for two minutes while I pee? Okay, sure. Wow, you Jamal, you got it? People just go and pee. And not just that announce you know, it, not oversell it, not overshare. Well, I didn't want to just disappear on you, and I didn't want to take it with me because that would be weird. Uh, yeah, that would be very weird. Yeah, I yeah. Like, I was trying to be polite. I got to pee. I'm, I'm drinking beer. Yeah, <laughs> we know. Oh, right. that, gotta crack one on. Okay, BRB. 
BRB. Go pee. I do. Look, this is higher class than what we usually talk about. We usually talk about butt stuff. So, you know, I mean. Talk about a blast from the past, too. Yes. Yes. This is, you know, um, and I know I saw that Todd had popped on briefly and I was like, you know, maybe not these two in the same room together because that could not, you know, let's keep it civil. So, Todd, I I did see you, but um, I know that uh, there's some history, some blast from the past that, you know, some past you want to leave behind. Oh, you can, I don't replay, know you can replay this part of the podcast to your heart's content. Oh, right. I don't know why I'm so tired. Good God. There's no reason for it. Okay. Um, yeah, now I'm fully awake now. I, I didn't realize I passed out. Like, uh, talk about uh, such a great host. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I saw that. I was like, um, he, he started asking, he goes, is Jamal? I, he goes, I just have a question. I'm like, well, he goes, is Jamal dead? <laughs> That's a fair question. I know. I was like, um, maybe. I think so maybe like, wait, wait, wait. And I, and I feel like I woke up at the right time. I'm like, oh, wait, somebody's, somebody's, somebody's asking about me. No. Um, no. And it, it's funny. Yesterday, when I was out, we, we had the, um, so this past Tuesday, today. Okay, so, hold on, hold on just a second, because your audio is really crappy. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I can hear it. Yeah, it sounds kind of crappy. Uh, testing, oh, testing. There you go. That sounds way better. Okay. Okay, go ahead. So we had our holiday party Tuesday. Yes. Yeah, so much leftovers for Wednesday that I had leftovers for lunch. And as I'm eating my leftovers, and I, you know, I'm done, I just, you know, we have an out lunch. It took me about 10 minutes to eat my leftovers, and I passed out for 15 minutes at my desk. Oh, I wow. was gone. Uh, <laughs> so tired. Just like, man, even for Christmas, I might just sleep. Most of Christmas and most of the day after that, mm. you know, I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to do comedy. Um, I may do some writing. I'm going to bed. So, question, Jamal, you did so. Putting out, I don't know if you have kept in uh, kind of like up to date on some of Jamal's posts, but so Jamal was invited to do stand-up comedy at his own company party. Ooh, that's a tough one. And he said yes. Oh, yeah, I would have declined. Yeah. You know what? I'm glad you said that, because I wanted to do that. In my head, I did. I declined so hard. Yeah, that's a bad thing, because... If you say something off color, that could follow you to next year really easy. Yeah. You know what? And, and, and I'm glad you said that. They told me what the rules were before I even accepted it. You know, clean. Uh, you know, so, and I follow protocol. 
I mean, right. it was so it was it went so well, I guess, that my boss called me up and told me what his favorite jokes were. Oh, and I'm so like, lucky. So I was like, oh, so you were paying attention. <laughs> oh, oh, your boss. I mean, you well, your boss was like, "Oh, that joke was so funny. That joke was so funny." And mind you, I hold back a lot. Like I told, I, if you would have let me tell the jokes I really wanted to tell, oh, it okay, a lot. So, I, I mean, yes, I would have been fired, but you would have known that. Oh, yeah, that guy's funny. I mean, we had okay, to fire so, him. Tell us so the the first okay so your your opener didn't make it so I got another guy yeah my usual opener, opener had to get colonoscopy that day if you saw my post on Facebook that part was so true and I even told them all I'm like oh so you get the opening for somebody else basically and he laughed his ass off I'm like okay good now I got my opening joke um. And that's not even remotely clean, but they let me get away with that. I was I was on the borderline. Definitely on the borderline. Though so I got this uh, young cat. Um was done an open mic that I've done before. And uh he came well dressed, uh showed him around the showed him around the warehouse and the offices. And um, you know, he did his thing, came off, I went on. Did my 12-minute set, and uh, I survived it. <laughs> oh. That's so crazy, but, though. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't have done it, and I've been asked. Uh, I've been asked a couple of times uh, at, uh, where I work to, uh, you know, to do some comedy, and no... No, yeah. no. Uh, but I mean, I don't know what your position is exactly. I'm a manager. I can't. If I if I did say something wrong or offensive, um, that shit is coming back at me on January second. You know what I mean? Yeah. I haven't. I haven't had that problem. Oh, yeah. Not 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 one person was like, "Dude, you suck." Or, no, they would just tell me what their favorite part of the act was. And they were like, you know what? Um, because the thing is, an office party, it's so awkward. There's a lot yeah. of awkwardness there. So, if I was to be honest with you, I mean, was it great? I would say on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being amazing, 1 being 1. Right. Personally... I would have given it a five. It wasn't terrible. It didn't. It wasn't shitty. But a part of me was like, I gotta show my face the <laughs> right. next day. But the next day, like nobody was like, you know, like, I mean, and I would have. If I was terrible, I tell them like, dude, if I was bad, tell me. You know, it's not like it's not like I'm ever gonna come back to work and think I'm shitty. Just be honest. But everybody was like, no. It was just like one of one of my. One of my coworkers, I think, said it best. He asked me if I've ever performed in a show where everyone was sober and no beer was served. He was like, we would have had some drinks in us, 
I'm pretty sure we would have felt, you know. But, no, it was good. Um, you know, they, they, it was, they so, followed through. Let me ask you a question, Jamal. Yeah. Um, this goes for you too, Marianne. Have you ever prepared for a show and then you get there and they never told you it was clean. Yes. Yes. Okay. No. Um, no, 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 no. I always ask. I always ask, what um, is there any restriction? Because I want to make sure that if I ask and they say, oh, by the way, this is a family friendly show, because they're never going to tell you for the most part. Um, but if I ask and I make the initiative and they say, oh, I'm glad you asked. Yes, this, as a matter of fact, is a clean show. Then I've done my due diligence. Even okay. if I know the show is going to be dirty. Okay. Know, opening for somebody, so, I always ask, what would you want me to stay away from as far as topics go? Let me put, you, let me put a, a nuance or two on it. Okay. Let's say you have a half hour it's the first half hour you've ever written and you're in your first year of comedy and you go to a clean show, but nobody told you it was a clean show. First of See, all, why are I've you never been in that situation ever? before. What's that? I've never How been in that situation that? before because for the most part, how the, 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 how the material? I'm. I always ask about that. I'm never blindsided by that. I mean, even when you were brand new. Even when I was brand new. Oh, I did. I have never fell into that trap before. I. Uh, this is a true story. I'm probably six, eight months into comedy. Marianne knows. We started. I started out at the Campbell Toe. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I did a show in Olympia, and my opener was a masturbation joke. And the front row were four nuns. Oh, painful. The nuns should have been a dead giveaway. Well, it was, but I didn't have any other comedy. I had 30 minutes. And I was so new that I couldn't just go on the fly and start, you know. I mean, now if I got up on stage and there were four nuns in the front row and I didn't know I was doing a clean show, I could play it off and I could make it happen pretty easy. I would bring the nuns into the show and they would have a good time. But I was like six months yeah, maybe, yeah, six, not even eight, six months into comedy, and I go to do this show that they don't tell me is a clean show, and there are nuns in the front row and kids in the second row. And Who booked you, Who booked you for that show? My ex-brother-in-law. It was a birthday party at it. It was a big event for the family. And my ex-brother. Now, my ex-brother-in-law sat in the back and laughed his ass off. 
He was like, this is the best thing ever. But he wasn't even laughing at my jokes. He was laughing at my pain. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was laughing at my pain. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So in other words, you were set up. Right. But it taught me a lesson and I never did it again, obviously. But, oh, my God, that was the most painful set I ever did in my life. And I did every syllable of it. Yeah, the thing when it comes to when it comes to situation like that, like even if I'm booking a theater, like I always ask because some places, some venues are family friendly. So and they let me know, they're like, okay, just so you know, this is a family friendly venue. So you might want to book or you might want to be very careful of the language and the joke topics that you use. You know, mind you. I had to do at my holiday party. I had to be clean, which I was, you know, PG thirteen borderline. Oh well, yeah. Oh, but yeah. listen, you always have to be prepared to do. I had. A- I've done. Oh. I've done air quote clean sets where all I did was cut out the cuss words. The adult material really didn't change; just the verbiage did. Right. I think that that's probably the the truest way of doing it is like, you know, a lot of people, especially when they're new, they freak out about doing a clean material. And you're like, why? All you're doing is for the most part, you're just taking what you got and watch the language of what you're saying and just censoring yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of censoring the language you're using. It's not a bad thing. Right. So, and it gives you an opportunity to really, uh, really spread your wings and test yourself. I mean, I, I used to, I was used to be afraid of doing something like a clean show. Now, who cares? I mean, let's do it. It's oh, yeah. I, to, I mean, I had to use words like Barfadugan and, and darn it and <laughs> fudge. You know, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Fudge and kidding me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You start getting creative with the, your swear words. Right. I go. I. I. I go to the to the uh, old effing. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Are you effing kidding me? Yeah. I even said dang nabbit. <laughs> That's hilarious. And people like people are like people. I think people were laughing more at the censored words that I was using because well, if sure. you catch me over the phone, I'm cursing up a storm. Okay. I have zero tact when it okay. comes to me on the phone. I'd be like, God damn it, I'm sorry that you lost your that PS lost your package. Let me call these fuckers up and see where they're at. And they're just like, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Language like that seemed very serious about your job. Right. Yeah. And I whisper uh, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, I'm laughing right now at a black dude from Queens saying Dag Nabbit. That's, yeah. (laughs) That's funny. I haven't heard nothing like that since Blazing Saddles. Right? (laughs) (laughs) By the way, my husband has still never watched. I've tried to get watch Blazing Saddles with me and he he won't. It is the best movie ever made on the planet about racism. Fucking tell them, Eric. Tell them. It is. 
it, and that's what people don't understand. The movie is about racism. It is it is tearing down racism. It's picking on racism. Yeah. Uh, well, the the well, guy who wrote it is a Jew. And also, Richard Pryor had his hand in writing it as well. You should probably yeah. tell him that. Maybe you'll watch it then. Yeah. No, exactly. Uh, it's, it, it is. And that was, what, the 70s? Late 70s? 77, 78? Yeah, Jamal, you're going to have to get him to watch it with you because he's not going to watch it with me. Oh, you got to. He's got to watch that movie. And him in the living room watching Blazing Saddles. Oh, my God. Telling you, hands down, one of my favorite movies. It'll be me doing it at some point, though, because that's the only way I can see that happening. Listen, I think when you do. uh, if if you work for a corporation or whatever, and you have sensitivity training, or uh, it, you know just that kind of uh, uh, of training, um, uh, acceptance training, and all that, that should be homework. Yeah, it should. It absolutely should be because it is you know, especially when you understand the subtlety in that humor, which is some of it, it, it like the racism part of it, like the sheriff's. Uh, what yeah, yeah. Uh, no, dang, blam it. I said the sheriff's a uh, ding, ding. Oh, yeah. You know what I like about this movie, though? And, and it's funny, because I also compared this movie to Life, which I actually recently watched, and I love Life. They don't, these two movies, they don't try to force humor on you. It's almost natural. Right. You know, right. when I watch life, I watch life twice in one day because that's how much time I have. And, and I was like, why did I see this movie when it came out? I must have watched this movie 15 years after it came out. Wow. Who's and in when I watched it, Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy and Mark yep. Lawrence. Well, and here's the, yeah, no, that is a great movie. But here's the thing about Blazing Saddles that is always dumbfounded me um when i watched that movie for the first time i was probably 10 or 11 years old okay and i am uh, uh, i'm laughing and i'm like holy (laughs) shit they're picking on racism i understand it yeah and and today, you will get people who go absolutely sideways pissed off about that movie because they think it's racist. Yeah. And I don't understand that. I was 11 years old, and I was like, I get it. Yep. I know where Mel Brooks was coming from. Such a great movie. Such an iconic movie. And- oh, what, uh, one, of the, one of the most iconic movies uh, ever written, comedy movies, because of, um, you know, the angle that came from. It yeah. was because you didn't, in the 70s when that thing was made, you didn't, you know, you didn't pick on uh, on racism like that. It, you just shut your mouth and put your head down. Yep. It was acceptable. Or it was not. acceptable. It was, I mean, I, um, I, I still laugh every once in a while. I will find it on uh, uh, on the internet or whatever. Have you ever 
Okay, first of all, have you ever heard of the old cop show that started in probably 67 or 68 called Adam 12? Yes. I've heard of it. Okay. I've never watched it, but I've heard of it. You, uh, Jamal, you've got to watch it. You have to. Because you will laugh. You will. You, I, you, you will laugh. It's... It's the '60s, and America is a is a way different place, yeah. and and the show is trying to be very inclusive, okay, and that was part of Adam Twelve is they had black characters and and they made them important and 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 the show was very inclusive, but at the same time, it was the language that they used back then it's uh, seriously it's like they would get a call in the cop car and you're listening and it's like one out of 12 one out of 12 see the negro on the corner of third and west right and, <laughs> and you're just like what what did you just say right it's just the craziest thing uh, you know and and i'm a little older than you guys and i was born in the 60s um you're like a uh, year older than me that's it yeah oh i thought you were younger i thought you were like five years younger you look five years younger she just looks uh, i look way more than five years younger than you trust me oh whatever hey <laughs> hey I, look at i'm i'm well no you're younger than me you're a lot younger than me but here's the beautiful thing how old are you I am 55. I was born in 68. I was born in 69. Really? Yeah. Wow, you don't look it. But here's the beautiful thing. I know I got fat in my old age, but um, I still have all my hair, and it's not gray. Yeah. 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 Just, for, just for men will do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Priscilla always says to me, she's like, you have such beautiful eyes. Why do you keep them in those bags? Ooh. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's okay. Uh no, but anyway, to to Jamal to go back and watch those shows, I honestly think you would enjoy them. You would laugh. You would really you would really laugh. You really would. No, I I probably would. Because I, I like I love shows that 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 actually poke fun of racism like again blazing saddle prime example oh that does that. oh I yeah it's almost like look we're making fun of each other uh deal with it. you know and that's what and that's all mel brooks does you know uh this will be and i and i kind of feel like in a way blazing saddles was sort of ahead of its time because it came out in 1974 you know so this was after like a lot of the riots i don't remember what right the riot was but this is like after a ton of riots, um, and we realized that we could co- kind of tolerate each other, but not really. Blazing Saddles kind of like, hey, you know what? Black people exist. White people exist. This movie is set in the West. What are you gonna? Do? Well, you know, and, you know, and, and, and no, and I agree. And here's the thing, and and um, just learning of Marianne's age, she'll be able to. Uh, agree with this, even though she really kind of came up in a podunk town. But 
Um, you know, I was raised in Tacoma, Washington, right? And we, uh, uh, you know, and I grew up in a very diverse neighborhood and, um, and I will never in my life say the sentence, I don't see color. Oh, that's so stupid. Because that's, that's completely retarded. But, but we were, when I was growing up, we were super inclusive. We, we had one thing in common that was very important. And that's it. We were poor, right? So, um, my, uh, uh, my black friends, my Korean friends, my, my Russian friends, my Middle Eastern friends, we were just a group of people trying to survive. Now, the whole, I don't see color thing. No, 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 no. We seriously debated everything on race. And here's what it was. Here's what it was. It was, um, we're not going to Jin Kwan's house because there's fish for dinner and I'm not eating fish for dinner, but we got to eat dinner because we're all poor and it's the only meal. So let's go to Jamal's house because Jamal's mom cooks like a motherfucker and we're going to get good food there. Right. So that's what we thought as a group, you know, and, and that's, I mean, so we did see color, but we, we, uh, 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 we, I guess we more celebrated it that we were all different because you know what? every time I hear somebody that uses that phrase, I don't see color. It's reminds me of the person that gives homeless person the money and then they take a picture of them doing it and post yes. it on Facebook. Exactly. Sorry. Exactly. I don't see color. That, people you know, do that. I'm like, yeah, you do. You're a fucking yeah, you fucking Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. But, I don't see color. No, I right. see color all the fucking time. I do. The only difference is what I do is I dismiss it and I say, this is a human being. That's exactly. Human being. Well, I and, don't necessarily dismiss it. I embrace it. You know? Like, well, well you're, that's, okay, Marianne, you're a better person than me. We get it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> You don't but, do that either but because, it's, it's, it's because... But no, no. At the same time, it's like, oh, you sh- but Marianne, you should embrace it because, again, human beings. Well, and and we even, I guess, as kids, we took it a step farther even. And I'll give you an example. Um, uh, uh, There's a family, the Wilkins family. Uh, uh, James, Byron, and Aaron were the kids. It was a black family. If it wasn't for them, I would have starved to death. I I had no parents. I lived in foster homes. Sometimes I lived in a van, right? I mean, this fa- they were my family. I, I mean, to this day, uh, I love them fuckers. I, I, I still talk to them, whatever, right? Um, but, but we weren't stupid, right? Let's say, just for instance, um, some asshole bully took our ball and took off on a bike, right? Uh, so what uh, we look around and I'm like, um, Byron, you clearly can run faster than 
any of us. So you go get the ball, right? Because Byron was just a fast motherfucker. He was, you know, uh, long, skinny legs. The guy could just fucking run, right? So Byron is going to chase the ball. He knew that was his job. You know, I I don't know. It it just, we just, I mean, it, it just, when we were bootlegging booze in junior high, standing in front of a store, right? That was my job. I was the white kid with blue eyes. I'm going to get farther than Byron or James would. Yep. Do you see what I'm saying? So they'd be like, no, Eric's the white dude. He's, he's got to do it. He, you know, he can he whip out his blue eyes and somebody's going to go ahead and, and buy him that, um, uh, you know, five bottles of, of, uh, MD 2020. Ah, mother's milk. <laughs> but we just we just used it, but it but it wasn't even a thing. I mean, it was just as who we were, but we were all still friends. We were almost we were a family. We were our job was to get together and survive because we were poor. Yeah. And that's and I think that that's the one thing, you know, that most people who grow up poor, that's the one thing that we all have in common. We know that we have to survive and we can that's what we do is just we look at each other's differences and how we can leverage those to help us in, in further ourselves in our survival. That's literally what we do when we're poor. I mean, it's, yeah. we, I mean, fuck, I grew up literally dirt floor poor. When you say dirt floor, yes, I had a dirt floor. I mean, yeah. so, and I so, get it. you know, when you had to try and do something, you always looked at each other and goes, okay, what's your strength? And we're going to utilize that so that we can get further ahead. Yeah, here's the here's here's the here's a modern day example. This was just like just over a week ago. Um, a, a friend of mine that I've known for a long time, uh, we hired him. He's really good at what he does. His name is Daryl Jones. He's a black dude. He's a big black dude. Um, he's been a friend of mine for a long time. We brought him out here to North Dakota, and we made him a manager at our store because he's super talented, right? So, um, it was, um, another employee in the building. He wasn't in the sales department though. Um, had a fried chicken comment. Right. And we're just like, really, bro? What, what, I mean, where are you getting your, where are you getting your burns? You know, 1982, what, stop it. Right. But anyway, so the guy walks away all proud because he thinks he, he, uh, he he burned my homeboy with a fried chicken burn. So I came up to uh, Daryl was just kind of a little bit pissed off, but at the same time, like whatever the guy's an idiot. Right. right. So I walk up to Daryl and I go, Hey Daryl, do you know why black folks like fried chicken and watermelon? And he looks at me with this look like don't even. And I go, because it's fucking delicious. That's why. Right. And he laughs, and then it was over. But it was just such a stupid fucking comment by this idiot. Um, I I don't know. I just, I guess I came up different. You know what I mean? I didn't come up. I I, I just I didn't come up like that. I I came up like I said. If it wasn't for that black family, I would have starved to death or robbed a store and went to prison or something. You know what I mean? But they fed me and they were good people. And they took me to church and they would buy me a fucking 
nice shirt that I could wear when they took me to church because I didn't have one. You see, if I, I would have just met Eric, and after he told this story, he just looked less of a racist than the more he talked. You know? Like, no, I'm just saying, like, Eric, I mean, and again, like, what does a racist look like? Eric does not look like a racist at all. I'm not saying that, but it's just like, you know, if you didn't know any better, um, it's like, oh, wow, you're not a racist at all. Like, Yes, you could come to our family reunion cookouts. You know, like, <laughs> you would be you would be invited and well loved. Well, I I don't know. I just well, here's the thing, Eric. So I grew up around a lot of white people growing up. Like, right? My white friends would invite me over to dinner. I would spend the weekends at their houses. We did sports <laughs> together. Even when I graduated from high school and I was living in New York, when I was coming back to town, I was staying at my white friend's house, you know? Right. Um, and it wasn't because, oh, well, I got a black friend, you know, uh, or it was just like, you know, I was part of that family. Right. Oh, exactly. We, we grew up together. We were like brothers, you know, even when I'm on the phone with my mom. She'll always ask me about my friends and be very glad that we're still friends. Like, you know what? Thank God you're still friends with these people. And, and not for nothing. I, I'm very glad too, you know, because a lot of my friends, I'm very grateful of the friends that I've grown up with since my sophomore year in high school. And, uh, and, and to an even lower extent, junior high. I, I'm very grateful because it's just like, I don't, I don't look at my friends like Santos or Hyman or John or Aaron. I don't look at them as just, they're not just friends. These are people that I literally have went to battle with before at some point. These are people that I've defended before. These are people who have defended me. And, and it's like whenever we would go on a track meet and somebody made a fucked up comment about my dreads, these guys had my back. It was a white dude, two white dudes, a Mexican, two white dudes, two Mexicans, and, and Asian people that had my back. Hey, don't fuck with our don't fuck with one of our star runners. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Or and, and so it was just like it's good to have friends in different races. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, no, and that's and 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 that's the thing. You know, I just. Uh, uh, I've always had uh, uh, friends of all different races, always, my whole life. And uh, uh, but my point is, is there's, uh, uh, you know, I don't like the people who say, "Oh, I don't see color." Well, then uh, you're either a closet racist yeah. or. Open your eyes. <laughs> well, I, think, so I think that, you know, they, they try and say that to think that they're, you know, to make you think that they're woke and that they're something else. Like, stop. That tells me that you have that one black friend. And when you ask him what, what's their name, <laughs> yeah. what, what's your black friend's name? They're like, uh, uh well, uh, uh <laughs> right. Jamal, Jamal. Yeah, exactly. Or, they, or you ask them, you know, or you go, you know, 
I'm not so racist. Anybody I'm who dating. says that and drops my name, I don't know you. You're on your own. Get <laughs> <laughs> yourself out of that dish on your own. Uh, I'm not racist. I dated a black guy in college. You know yeah. What? A lot of women also went lesbian in college just to try it out. Bitch, shut up. That doesn't yeah. mean you're not racist. Yeah, it's it's all it's all nonsense. And I um and that was part of my problem with and and Jamal, you know, and, and Marianne, you know too, that um I wasn't the most beloved comic. Uh, back in the day in the Seattle area. Oh, we know. But yeah, but and honestly, it was because I'm not going to conform to what you say. I'm me, and I'm always going to be me, and I'm going to be true to me, and and, and I'm not going to go with the woke woke bullshit nonsense i am who i am if you think i'm this certain person that's on you i i'm uh it, it's not my business what you think of me and i've always uh, i've always just went by that so that was part of my problem i i you know, I'm not going to kiss anybody's ass to get on a show. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do all that, but, um, uh, uh, but the, but you can never ever in your life, uh, you know, uh, you could tag me as a lot of things. You can tag me as a drunk. Um, you can tag oh, me as an asshole. We were all drunks. <laughs> yeah. Right. But you can't tag me as a racist cause you don't know me. And if you knew where I came from, you'd shut your damn mouth. Well, you know what? It was funny because I think I was talking to Marianne about this. And I've been talking to a lot. It seems like this has been like the, the a big subject or a big topic was about racist comedians. And the thing is, I, I'm not, whether you're a comedian or not, if, you, if somebody told me, well, Putin's a racist, my response would be, well, I've been to his house before. He's put me on his radio show before. I've done shows with him before. And I don't see it unless you're really good at hiding it. But unless you've shown me signs that you are, I don't listen to hearsay. Well, by, by now, because... Well, Marianne, you've known me for about 15 years. Jamal, you've known me for at least half that, maybe more. Yeah. Um, uh, you all, you both know I'm not good at hiding shit. <laughs> I don't hide anything. I am who I am. Yeah. Um, so, but no, I, I know what you're saying, Jamal. And, it, but, you know, it, but I got labeled. Do you want to know? What labeled me um, um, as a jerk and kind of a racist on the West Coast? I'll tell you what happened. So, do you remember Jamaica and Reggie X? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. So, they were doing a show on the West Side of Tacoma. And... And Reggie hit me up. He goes, hey, do you want to do a half hour on the show? And I'm like, hell yeah. Right? 
I'm, I'm always down. I want to be on stage four or five nights a week. So I go do the show. I walk in um, and I go back into this green room area. And, uh, uh, you know, Reggie's like, hey, you know, so I, I, uh, I just handed him a 20 and had him give me a couple beers and a bourbon while I'm waiting because, you know, me, I drink. Right. Right. So I'm sitting there sipping a bourbon and I'm bullshitting. And then Jamaica goes out and then bullshit. And then um, uh, they had some host. I don't remember who it is. And then um, um, uh, Reggie's like comes in and he's like, hey, are you ready? You're going to do a half hour and then I'm going to finish. I'm like, fuck, yeah, I'm ready. And I walk out on stage and, I, you know, me, I got a little buzz when I go on stage and I got a beer with me and I set the beer down and the lights were bright. It was a nice stage, uh, good stage lighting. The lights were bright. And I looked at the audience, and there was 200 people in the audience. And I quickly realized that I was the only white guy in the room. Yep. And I was ill-prepared. Nobody told me this. So I just, I improved and I said, um, Hey, I just want everybody to know I'm not going to do any race jokes tonight because racism is a crime and crime is for black people. Okay. The audience exploded in laughter. I couldn't say anything wrong the rest of the night. It was one of the most amazing shows I ever did. I was getting hugs afterwards. We had a great time because they instantly knew that it was only humor. And I was there to entertain them. And there's no other reason why I was there, right? No ulterior motives, whatever. Great time. So I did a room in Renton. And the room, the name of the room is Numbers. That's all I'll say. Okay. And I opened with that joke because it was a diverse audience. And the audience laughed and I had a great set. And whoever ran that room banned me because I said that joke. Yep. And, then- and that's what started the hatred for pudding because I was like, okay, but if I'm in a room full of black folk, I'm opening with that joke because they got it. They, you know, and by the end of the set, they almost, they knew where I came from. They knew who I was and, and it wasn't a problem. I mean, again, I'm not the guy who's going to say, I don't see color. Um, uh, I'm going to use it. But it doesn't mean that uh, I'm racist. I am using, um, uh, I was using race, but it it wasn't racist. I also picked on myself for most of that set. So uh, that's what really kind of started all of the the bullshit for pudding. Because I just refused to give up that joke because every time I did it, um, uh, in a diverse crowd, it hit and, and it made the rest of my set so easy, but the, um, you know, but if the person that ran the room, um, happened to be, um, not a black person, then they didn't like it. 
it wasn't the audience that didn't like it. It was this woke person running the room. So that's what happened. And you might you might like that joke. You might not like that joke, but it was funny. And and again, the audience knew that it was just humor. You know what I mean? And and nothing else. So I don't know. Maybe I should have never used that joke, but I did. What can I say? You know what, though? You get laughs, and that's the whole point of what we do, is that we're trying to get laughter when we're doing jokes. And is everybody going to get what we say? No. I mean, so here's, like, I I have a a joke that I'm working on. I haven't had a chance. I was going to try and work on it, but uh, I recently found out that I have cancer. And and when I tell people I have cancer, they all kind of like go, oh, my God, or oh, you poor thing. And then I say, well, it's basal cell carcinoma. And people are like, bitch, that isn't even cancer. That's cancer's retarded cousin. <laughs> so when I use that, that word, people get, you know, I'm like, I don't want people to get offended. And then I'm like, or, you know, it's like the cancer's stoner cousin, like the whole I was going to fuck you up, but I got high. So what I said, my biggest fear about my biggest fear about having um, the surgery is because they have to ch- cut into my nose and keep cutting until it's gone. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if they have to go in really deep. Then that means that they're going to have to do a. Um, uh, uh, Oh my God, not a biopsy. They have to go in and um, take skin from something else, another part. Right, a graft. Skin graft. And my biggest fear is that they're going to take a chunk out of of hair off, or take a chunk of skin off my ass and put it on my nose. And then I'm going to have a hairy fucking nose because menopause, you know, guys, you don't get it. Nowadays, like when I was younger, it used to be nice. You take off your sh- pants and like, ooh, that's pretty, you know, like nice. Now I take it off and, and the husband's like, when did you get fur underwear? You know. <laughs> <clears throat> well, but uh, that's the thing. But you're using you're using words that woke people are going to be offended. Right, right. And I hear somebody like there's one particular comic that who's like, I have a son who's special needs and people say the word retarded. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. Oh, First of I all, know who you're talking about, I yep, know who you're talking about. I know you do. And it was as a comic that came in after Eric had left, Putin had left the, the state. But um, here's the reality is, is that who fucking cares? Like, I had my my favorite relative in my entire life growing up was my uncle Howard who had who, who had was severely retarded. He had severe Down syndrome. Okay, mm-hmm. I adore my stepson who's autistic and special needs. I don't, you know, he's well, very, you know, as, as you know, my stepdaughter is also yeah. autistic. Yeah, she's the same kind of uh, boat that you know. Actually, my new my youngest granddaughter is autistic as well. They just diagnosed her. And severe autistic, like stage three autistic. And so the thing is, is that stop getting offended by this word, right, guys? It's a word. And and 
and when I'm telling, I'm talking about my kind of cancer, it's the appropriate word. It's absolutely. Well, and and here's how I look at it. Um, um, I would, you know, n never use the term retarded um, for anybody who had autism or down or whatever, but I will use the term. I will use the term retarded for the fucking idiot who says he doesn't see color. But, yeah, that's okay. true. No, yeah, exactly. But here's the thing, Eric. Anytime I hear somebody using the word retard, they're not talking about somebody who's mentally handicapped. Exactly. Okay? That's, right. Look, that, that's the thing. I've heard many comics use the word. Like, if they say something like, well, that's retarded, I'm never like, wow, you just insulted a group of people who are mentally well, handicapped. But no, people will go ape doing. shit. The I woke people the will go ape shit. Your booker will go word. ape shit if he's super woke. I yeah. used the word retarded in Mobile, Alabama this past weekend. And guess how many people gave a fuck that I did it? This many. Exactly. Now, one person came up to me and was like, I'm not buying a shirt from you because you used the word retarded. No, they didn't give a shit. Because you want to know why? They're adults. Yeah. Okay. They didn't make it. They didn't make it about them. Okay. As a matter of fact, not only did I use the word once, I used it twice in two mm. different jokes, and I knew that I was going to use that word. Why? Yeah. To prove a point. I'm not making fun of the differently able or the mentally able, disabled. I'm sorry, because you yeah. know what? It's low hanging fruit to even make fun of them, and it's insulting to make fun of them. I make yeah. fun of people who are supposed to have the sense that God gave them who don't use it. Thank you. That's retarded. That is retarded. <laughs> okay. Right. And I don't say, by the way, I never say retard. I say retard. Oh, so light R? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. You know, you yeah, I see what R. you're doing there. Like hard R, yeah. Like I go with instead of the ER. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so funny. First of all, I don't give a fuck who you are. You can't tell me what I can and what I can't say. Thank okay? you. Especially if I'm expressing my son. Okay? Thank you. Because, again, you can't tell me that I can't use the word retarded while you hide behind the First Amendment. Suck every part of my hairy balls. Okay? That's what I say to that. Yeah. You know... And and the thing is though is is that they try and block you and not I mean people are looking for a reason to be offended but the whole reason we do comedy is we say shit that people don't that they think about but they don't say right we are not supposed to be afraid to to leave it all out on the stage and talk about things that most people you know would be afraid to talk about or embarrassed right. to talk about Right. No. And that's true. And I've always been as a comic, I've always been very true to that. And I, and I would say stuff. And another thing that I refused, refused to do was suck the butt of a booker uh, or, or a club owner. Oh, you're going to love this one because I haven't had a chance to talk to you lately and tell you this one. I recently found out. So there used to be a booker here in town that booked like several rooms, like eight different rooms, right? 
Okay. Because he's up there laughing because he knows I've already told him this story and I've told him who it was. Okay, you're gonna have to text me who it is after this. Oh yeah, and you'll know who it is. I, I'm just gonna say right now he was he was one of the three amigos. Oh God, those guys. Yep, yep, the ones that yeah. So, so there was some history already, right? Well, one of right. them, and I didn't have any history with them that I knew of. So. This person recently got out of being a booker, right? And did some posted on Facebook about how um, that now that I'm not a booker anymore, I can post this and it's going to go against popular opinion. But I think it's way easier for women to get booked than it is for men. And I was reading all the comments on there, right? And this one comment was this guy was like, oh, just was like, just shining him on, right? And so I responded to the post and I was like, hey, dude, you don't have to suck his dick. Didn't you see he doesn't book anymore? To which I thought, okay, well, maybe that was a little extreme. So I'll well, go No, ahead. I would have left it though. I would have left it. it. Down, I took it down and I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'll just take it down and not stir a pot. And Instantly, I got a um, private message. Hey, by the way, I saw what you posted before you deleted it, and that really hurt my feelings. And yes, I have feelings. And I was like, oh, Lord. And <laughs> like this dude, he even, he wrote, I even booked women. See, part of his post was, I even booked women before they were ready. And I was like, interesting, but you never booked me. So... I, I, and he goes, sorry, it wasn't, I did book a lot of women. Sorry, it wasn't you. And I was like, well, now that you're talking about it, now that it doesn't matter, but why didn't you book me? Well, I'm not going to dignify that with an answer. I'm just going to let you, you know, da, 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 da. And then he goes on to tell me that not once, but two separate times, I didn't recognize him. Okay. I didn't recognize him two different times. And in what, and both times I introduced myself and how rude of me. Right. And, and the one time he said that he knew that I was lying and I'm thinking, well, and I was racking my brain. I couldn't think about it. And I was like, well, the first time, dude, okay, I can see that you probably, you know, well, you, you put on 40 pounds since I'd met you. So yeah, I didn't recognize you. And then the second time I figured because I put myself out there several times and you never even responded to any of my requests. You know, like if you were looking for somebody to book somebody, uh, I just assumed you didn't know who I was. So let me, let me tell you a quick story about this individual that you're talking about. Cause I know who it is. You don't have to text me. And I, I brought him, I brought him on stage for the first time. And, um, and he was terrible. And then he, he got a little better and then he got a little better and then, but whatever. So, and I always treated him and the other two, three right. Jaimeos really, I, I treated him really well. Right. And they ended up doing an interview, not on my show, on a, yep. but at NWCZ radio. Yep. That and they were show on Saturday morning funnies back in the right, day. Right. Right. But hold on. But they ended up doing an interview on Daryl Fortune's show, the owner 
of NWCC Radio. Right. And before the show, Daryl had mentioned me when they were sitting around bullshit and getting ready. And they all just started in on, oh, Puddin, he's not funny. Puddin's a piece of shit. Puddin's this, Puddin's that. Right? So uh, Daryl cut the interview short and then um, told them <laughs> that uh, uh, that uh, they don't have to ever worry about any more interviews on NWCC because there won't be any. Right. Um, but uh, th- these are people that I treated really well. Yeah. And then they went to my boss. Yeah. And just talked huge shit behind my back. Yep. For zero reason. Petty. This is, but the point that I'm making here is like when you say something like retarded or something like that, you've got a lot of fucking petty ass people. Entertainers, a lot of them are very petty and egomaniacs and just clickish. And, you know, I mean, it's just, but to me, it was so sad. Like, seriously, dude, you didn't book me. You were whining about booking female comics that weren't ready over somebody who's been doing this for a long time because I didn't recognize you. But in yeah. his defense... Yeah, but, but, but you but, look like you ate the guy that we met because you're 60 pounds bigger. Yeah. But, yeah. but also, in his defense, are women really funny? I mean, let's be real. <laughs> Are they really? Like, come on. Okay. Come on. Come on, ladies. Done. Oh, so you know, funny. If I've never booked a woman in my life and I said that, I deserve any backlash that came my way. That's exactly. Right. Only some of you guys are funny, ladies. Exactly. I, you I, know what? All I'm saying is, I can only hear about your vagina so many times before I wish I was part of that joke. Yeah. Exactly. I got to tell you, uh, and you know what, Marianne, I showed somebody the meme uh, today, and you will get this right away. Uh, Six hours drinking beer in the river and no one got out to pee. (laughs) That was us. (laughs) That was us. I remember that. So, Jamal, we went to Forks, Washington to do a, uh, a, a charity comedy show. Yes. Okay. And, and um, the comedy show turned out really well. And we, they, oh, my God, they would not let us leave after the show. And we all drank way too much. And nobody spent a dime. Yeah. And the. And the next day we wake up and we're all so hungover and the town had bought us breakfast and delivered it to the hotel room. And it was way more food than the six of us could eat. It was actually more food than 12 of us could eat. Yeah, it was and it, it happened to be a very rare day in Forks, Washington, and it was hot and sunny. Oh, so we decided good. we're going to go to the river before we go home so we go to the river and started drinking beers and uh, before you knew it um 
we we just partied it it just was all day at the river and we had so much fun hanging out in the river um that was a really good that was one show in one weekend and i've done lots of weekends and lots of weeks and lots of shit months out of town but um i'll never forget that show with marianne uh the shanster and uh uh baldonado yeah. oh greg i love greg good guy. yeah we but, had and the thing is though is that what pissed that was what we called that was the one that we dubbed the fuck you tour because our uh our road manager was in the front seat drunk as shit when we went to go leave he wasn't driving i mean he was sitting in the passenger seat somebody sober was driving and uh Somebody came in and they're like, we got beer. We got a party. Come on. We'll come back over here and party. And he's like, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. He was ready to kick that guy's ass that spent like $800 buying us booze. And then, so then when we were at the river, everybody gave me so much shit because I was collecting rocks and putting them in the car to take home with us. It was a little weird. But they weren't just little rocks. They were big rocks. (laughs) I had those. I'm so mad that when I I sold my house, I didn't take my rocks with me. That's funny. Yeah. That was really a great comedy week. And I, it it was a great comedy weekend and I've had a lot of memorable comedy weekends, but they were memorable because they weren't great. Yep. If I could tell you guys, if I could tell you guys a quick story. I was just on my phone. I was just on the phone with my mom before we recorded. And we were talking about the Oregon coast. And uh, my mom was actually um, on our way to Lincoln, Lincoln City, Oregon. Been there many times. Beautiful city. Yes. So my mom, I guess without using her Google Maps, was driving. And before she knew it, she noticed that she was driving north. And she ended up in Forks. Oh, that's oh shit. I was like, that's oh, nowhere near like a city. Or you would have to drive to know that you were going the wrong way before you went to Forks? Yes. She ended up in Forks. As a matter of fact, here's the funny. She was like, I ended up in a place where they filmed that one movie. And she didn't actually say because she couldn't remember. Like, I'm like, are you I thought she meant like where they filmed Goonies. I think she may have went to Astoria instead. Right. Well, and that would make sense. Then you're, you know, you're at least in the right direction. You're exactly you're 90 like, minutes away. Movie. I was like, she was like, she said the vampire movie. I said, mom, you ended up in Forks. Oh my God. She said that not only was the, she went to go get a hotel, but everything was booked. So she, the hotel manager called another hotel across town. She's like, Forks is tiny. It's like a very tiny town. She was like, they, and then they they kept the the bar open so they could get food afterwards because you got there a little late. So they kept the they kept everything open for my mom and my aunt so they could eat before going to bed. That's yeah, nice. and so, and that's the kind of people are in Forks. That's the kind of town. But I got to tell you one thing that I was pretty surprised about. If you ask the locals about that uh, uh, that brand of vampire movies, 
they will go, hey, let me tell you something. Fuck them sparkly bisexual vampires. I don't ever want to hear about them again. Yeah, they hate them. They They hate them. Yeah, they hate the whole thing. They don't, there's nothing about it they like. But they can make money. The last time I drove through there was actually during the pandemic. It's a beautiful, beautiful drive. We did kind of a circle from, uh, we started out in Bremerton and drove all the way up through Port Angeles, down through Forks, all the way down uh, the the beautiful coast into uh, like Olympia, Tacoma, and then back up to, I mean, it's a gorgeous all day drive. Yes. And it was during it, the pandemic, we couldn't go out. I mean, we couldn't go anywhere, right? Right. But what we did see was they had firewood and forks that they had dubbed Twilight Firewood. Oh, you're kidding. No, and a bundle of it was was outrageously expensive. And I was just like, what are you doing? You're, well, you know, I mean, good on them. They were trying to make a fortune capitalizing on it and shit. But still, I mean, it was just ridiculous. Well, that's um, unfortunate because, um, again, the locals just, they love their town. They love what it is. And they just hate, hate that uh, that chain of movies. That hate it. Hate it. Well, yeah. and, and to be fair, I mean, a lot of people from all over the world goes to Forks, Washington, just because of that movie, and trample it, and like are very invasive, and they're trying, you know, like they act like these people really exist. Right. You know, yeah. Kind of. I know it's. It's really weird, uh, and and I get it. I get why they don't like it. And even though it did bring some revenue into the town, they actually they don't care. They'd rather not have the revenue and have their town back yeah. the way it was. Because Forks was very um, old school um, uh, before those movies, and okay. and 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 the, and again, the friendliest town. Yeah. Um, you you could ever imagine they yeah. were they were so good to us. Oh yeah, and you know you, you anytime I've done a show in Forks because I've done a, a I've done more than one, and they always treat you like a rock star. Yeah, like they're just so happy to have inter- like live entertainment. It, it was amazing. So yeah, it was, yeah. It was such a refreshing. It was so refreshing to go to do a show there as opposed to doing it like at a comedy club or something where they were just, they were really jaded and stuff like, you know, um, they were complacent about being in, having a show there because they, they see it all the time. But you go someplace like Forks, they're not used to seeing comedy there and they just go apeshit crazy. Hey, I have Marianne. I have a question. And Jamal, you go to you go to the West Coast enough to probably be able to answer this. Okay. I'm so curious um, about the new room on Hosmer in Tacoma. Ah, Nate Jackson's room. Yes. Is it oh, a good room? It's I've been there a couple of times. It's really good. Yeah, I, I, I just 
I, I feel like it's a good room because I uh, because Nate is just he, he's just uh, just innately a, a genuine guy. He's a good guy. He is. He is. And I'm telling you, so he shows I up actually, at the open mics. I was supposed to go to the open mic last week on Tuesday, and I was just wrapping up the year end stuff. Actually, Shani and I were supposed to go do the room. And uh, we both just got slam bam busy year end stuff at work. So we were like, okay, well, we're going to do it. I don't know if they're open this coming Tuesday. If so, we're going to definitely doing it on Tuesday. But if not, then we'll start again next year. But so they uh, have, okay, they have a mic on Tuesday. When I do get home, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get back this spring. I've got, I've got a grandson I've never met and he's one. Oh, wow. So I've got to get back anyway, um, but uh, I'm going to try to get back. So uh, maybe I can, you know, jump up and, and just do a mic and, and do some redneck stuff since uh, I'm a North Dakotaian now. I actually have cowboy boots with American flags on them. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. When in shit kicker town, put on your shit kickers. Well, but there's a reason, you know, you think cowboy boots are, it's not fashion. Um, you go out, uh, if I go, if I go 45 minutes south of, of where I'm at, uh, the Theodore Roosevelt State Park, you, there are rattlesnakes. And if you're not wearing boots, you could, you know. You could take one in the leg. So they wear boots so because the um, uh, the 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 snakes uh, uh, fangs can't won't penetrate the boots into yep. your leg. Yep. Okay. Here's the real question. Here's okay. the real question. Snub nose or pointy toe? Um, I'm a snub nose guy. Yeah, you seem like a snub nose kind. And Priscilla is also snub nose, no pointy toes. I I'm gonna buy some pointy toes, but they're gonna be black, all black, and that's kind of for like dressy. Yes. Yeah, but everyday stuff definitely snub nose. They're more comfortable. They just make more sense. Well. Pointy toe is more for riding horses so that you shoot. You know what the whole point, uh, the design of the boots are for? Well, yeah, to slide into the stirrups. No, not to slide in. It's so that you don't get hung up if you fall off. Oh, okay. Well, that too. There you go. Yeah. That makes sense. So with the snub nose, the snub nose, well, it's easier, or tennis shoes or other kind of shoes, it's easier for you to get, if you fall off, to get hung up in the stirrups. And if the horse bolts, you're screwed. But with the pointy toes your your foot you it's not as you can't really get your foot stuck in there in the store well so. just like here's another one um and and it almost becomes fashion here um but it's kind of also a necessity uh you ever hear of a neck gator yes yeah it's just like just you know um it, it, it it's 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 take a scarf cut it in half and then sew the ends together and put it around your neck right and in the old days they used bandanas well there's a few things um uh the biggest thing is you get really cold wind here 
And if it's 10 above and the wind's blowing 30 miles an hour, you're going to, the wind chill is 10 below zero. Yep. Now at 10 below zero, I can go out in a long sleeve shirt and a vest if I'm wearing a neck gaiter. If I'm not wearing a neck gaiter, then I got to have a parka on. Yeah. Um, it, it it really holds your body heat wearing it around your neck. So uh, this time of year, I wear my neck gaiter all day, every day. And, and, and again, it almost becomes fashion. So you want to get the good looking neck gaiter and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Because you're wearing it all the time. You're in and out of the building and whatever. So, um, yeah. So, you know, there's more fashion. Yeah. You know, it, it turns into fashion like the boots do or, or, you know, or, or whatever, but, um, yeah. So it, you I mean, me think I, sorry, like I'm, I'm hijacking, but you just remind me. So I know that, you know, you said the, the naked, the, um, handkerchief, right. Right. And it made me think of another comic. Okay. You know who I'm talking about? With a handkerchief? That always wore it on her hair. Kate, Car- well, anyways. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a shout out to Kate Carlson Carlson, because anytime I've ever seen her do comedy, and Jamal knows her, we've had her on the show several times, but she always, always, always wore. She, I've never seen her without one, right? Oh. Well, just recently, now she's no longer wearing it. And from my understanding, when I talked to her, I was like, wow, this is amazing. I mean, God, you look beautiful without it, like a totally different person. And she goes, yeah, I saw, I had to stop wearing it. And I was like, well, why did you have to? She goes, because there's a booker who won't book me if I wear it. And You're I, kidding. Nope. Nope. See, that's that bullshit. That's that crazy. That's what I love about here. That's what I love about this place. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter uh, uh, what ethnicity you are, what religion you are, or what. It none of it matters here. And you think it would where it's at, but where we're at, but it doesn't. All that matters is if you if you're here, are you contributing to society? If you if you're not contributing then you are um, very much disliked very fast. But if you are, whether that be if you're a comic or whether, you know, you work out in the oil field or whatever, nobody treats you poorly. And, and there's, and whether if uh, there's not a booker here, um, well, I mean, not really. There's a couple of comedy shows here and there, but, um, but nobody would ever go, I'm not going to book you if you wear that. That's okay. I'll say it. That's retarded. Well, you would know who the booker is and, and the, the rooms that they book. So, um, you know, um, how do I feel about it? Like, I, I don't know. Um, but I personally, I Actually, I have to say that it's pretty freaking awesome only because now I got to see the person. I got to see her, her face as it is without that horrible thing on her head. Well, yeah, but maybe there's a reason she liked to wear it. It was. There was. Well, 
then who cares? I've seen other females wearing them or, you know, wearing some sort of different, you know, headgear or whatever, or, or, uh, you know, I, I don't know. To me, that just bugs me. That bugs me. So you've got, is she a good comic? Yeah, she's good. Okay. So you've got a good comic that there, so there's zero reason to not book this person except for because they wear a bandana. Fuck off. I mean, the thing is, I wouldn't recognize her if she wasn't wearing the bandana. It's really hard to recognize her, but she looks great. She looks amazing. Well, and that's fine, but maybe, you know, I mean, you have to understand that, uh, you know, people use different things to be recognized, to be branded. And well, that's not one of the things I think. I don't think she deliberately did that, but I do know that the particular booker also requires all the men to wear suits and the women to, I mean, because it's usually at like a higher end, higher paying kind of gig. I got you. Well, uh, they'd never book me because I wouldn't. I would never no. wear a suit on stage. I'm a blue collar comic. I yell. I, you know what I mean. I, I I wear a fedora, and and I wear. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, you're a fedora guy for sure. Yeah, you know. So are they going to go? Hey, you can't wear your fedora, and you have to wear a tie. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's other rooms. Thank you, though. That's just <laughs> me. That's me. Right. All right. We are kind of way over, but that's okay. It's been a really fun night. Uh, we wrap up. So, Eric, just to let you know, how we wrap up every show is we like to talk about the different either TV shows or movies that you've been binge watching. Okay. Well, okay. This is kind of a, this is kind of a weird one. Uh, and I went back and I already watched it, but I started over because of the writer strike and I'm waiting for the new season to come out. But I watch 911 Lone Star with Rob Lowe. Oh, wow. Okay. 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 It's actually a really good show. There's some great, uh, great characters. They try to be a little bit woke, but they do it. In, in in a really um, creative way, so uh, I uh, it, it's a great show. They've got um, a tr it's about firefighters. They've got a trans firefighter. They've got a Muslim firefighter. They've got uh, a gay firefighter. Um, but it's just it, it's, it's a, entertaining, man. It's just it's a, a good show. It's a Benetton ad of firefighters. Yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, I, I, uh, it's my age. In my industry, really quick. I know we're short on time, but in my industry, um, you never watch the news or anything depressing before work. You just don't. Yeah. Um, it it literally can hinder your performance. Yeah. So, and I'm an old man. So I, in the mornings, you're going to laugh in the mornings. I watch Walker, Texas Ranger because it makes me laugh because it's so yeah. corny. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to lie. I think this is the best one we've got as far as what you've been. Doing. You watch Walker. Here's like, when I was a kid. I used to watch that show. 
And that's it's a good show. It's still a good show. Um, yeah, it's a great show. It's actually a good show. So don't feel bad if you watch Texas Ranger before you go to work because that makes you want to kick ass. That's a good right? that's a guilty show. pleasure. That's well, more yes, that's what I'm saying. And it's like, and it's like uh, the younger kids at work. I literally have them watch cartoons or or their their favorite upbeat anime show, something. So they don't come in beat down. I want them in a good mood, ready to, like you said, ready to kick ass when they come to work. But that, I so yeah, it's, it's Walker, Texas Ranger for me. You are not a man unless you have to explain who the fuck Chuck Norris is to millennial. <laughs> Okay, you're not a man unless you have to tell somebody 25 years younger than you, motherfucker, this is our white Bruce Lee. Okay? Right, <laughs> exactly. But he's still alive. Yes, and, he yeah, is still, still alive. alive, by the way. Um, right, and I have a martial arts background, and I've never met Chuck Norris, but um, the guy who uh, beat him for the middleweight title and retired him into movies. Um, I was on, as a teenager, I was on his martial arts team. His name is Bill Superfoot Wallace. Hmm. Okay, someone I'm going to have to Google. Yeah, yeah, Google that. But anyway. I'll type in Superfoot, and I'm sure his name will pop up. Right, yeah, Bill Superfoot. That's all you need. So, okay, so I, I, I told mine. What do you guys watch? Go ahead, Marianne. So, right now, well, now I'm getting actually prepared because I have my 12 days off, so I can actually start watching some stuff. I am going to start binge watching Obliterated, which is actually kind of like a mini series. And I'm so fucking looking forward to it because we've been binge watching. I'm on season two of 24. I've never seen it before. So, um, the original 24? Yes. The oh, it's OG amazing. 24. It's amazing. Oh, my God. Great show. <laughs> Spoiler alert for a show that nobody's watching. We just we got totally mind-fucked the other night. Completely mind-fucked. We're still talking about it. Where they the terrorists made him kill the director. You know, bring us his body. And he fucking did. And we're like, oh, my God, he fucking killed him. I can't believe he what killed I him. I wanted to tell you guys, when you were telling me that you were watching the show, I wanted to say, do not fall in love with any of the characters in this show. Okay? <laughs> Don't fall in love with her. Okay? Right. That's what's great about this show. They're yes. there for a moment, they're gone the next. You know what? I think that they were probably the original of, like, um... Game of Thrones. Like, Game of Thrones was like that, too. Don't ever fall in love with any of the characters, because they all get fucking killed. Yeah. You know? And, like, yeah. that's what I love about 24. It's like, you would fall in love with the character. Like, not nothing. You just saw season one. I fell in love with Jack Bauer's wife. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's over. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. They pulled no punches on this show. You know? Yeah. It's, that's it is. That would have been nice to know. It's a great show. Jamal, what do you watch? So I, uh, oh, so I've been watching uh, South Park. South Park? I, but I have, uh, I've been, okay. I, I'm going back, watching the beginning. I'm on season two. Uh, okay. So, so I've, been South Park. I've been watching Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which is another great show. 
I'm pretty sure that the show Romeo by life. Probably. Uh, Aquatine is great. I'm watching my I'm rewatching one of my favorite cartoons. Easily top five regular show. Oh, I could tell by the reaction. Guys, no, you know no, what? I missed I it. Your your audio broke. I missed it. Oh, I'm watching the show called Regular Show. I've never heard of it. No. Well, you got to tell me so I can check it out. It's it's such a great show. It's like an 11 minute cartoon on Cartoon Network. Mm. Uh, it's about these oh. slackers who work at a park and the adventures that come along. <laughs> it's such a great show. I okay, love, I fell asleep watching this show. I'll check it out. And there's one more thing that I watch. I will go on YouTube when I'm having a beer after work and I will watch uh, episodes of uh, Key and Peele. Oh, okay, fair. That's that's actually a funny show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's a very, very funny show. A lot of their sketches are, I, I, I think, think they're great. great. I, I think, think it's a very funny show. show. I, I love sketch oh. comedy. Key and Peele is pretty dope. It, it, it it's brilliant. It really is. The writing is brilliant, and uh, I, I I just love them guys. They're they're so good at what they do. There's a sketch it's, that they do that me and my coworkers would do while we're standing in front of our uh, like our offices or like wherever, and we'll be like talking about movies. Like, yo, did you see that movie? And then we would just speak with our entire bodies. Yeah. Like, oh, man, that was the joy. And, 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 but they're just as metal boys in front of a hotel. And they're just like over exaggerating movies that they've seen. Oh, yeah. It's no, they are. I love that sketch because we'll do that. And I'd be like, you know what we're doing, right? And they're like, yeah, boy. Yep. I love, I love the gangster sketch that they, uh, that they did. Oh, um, yes. That one's good. And have then, or where one of the homeboys dies. Have you ever seen the movie Keanu? No, I haven't got to see it yet. So funny. It is so okay. funny. It's dumb. I'm not going to It's, it's kind of stupid. Well, it's of course. Hilarious. It's those two, and they they, they accidentally like, get a, a gangster's cat that they find. And, um, you know, they're nerd, he's keeping it. It's his pet, but it's a method man's cat. And uh, it's, such a funny, it's such a funny movie. Yeah. It's actually a guilty pleasure for me. I'll check it out. I've, and another guilty pleasure of mine, and I'll go back to it a couple times a year, is I love the Friday movies. Yes. Oh, wow. You do have black friends. Oh, yes, I do. Lots of them. I have black family. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, you too. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I love the Friday movies. I, I really do. That they, they, I don't know. And I can watch them over and over and I laugh still every time. Oh, okay. I'm a huge, huge Ice Cube fan. And I have been since I was a teenager. Um, NWA was a big influence on me when I was what? young. What? Huge. Yeah. See, everybody thinks they know somebody, you know, until you actually sit down and have a conversation. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. 
Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Hey, anytime, if you guys ever want me to come back on, hit me up. I had a good time. Oh, absolutely. Oh, we did too. Oh, man. This was, you know, it's weird. Um, you're the only one with the, with the balls to actually show up today. Actually, it's funny. <laughs> I will say oh, this. And Marianne, um, as, as we were talking, I've been actually talking to uh, Brad Kenton. So, well, uh, really? I've been well, keeping him up. I've been. Bringing him up to speed on our podcast. Well, and here's questions. Well, and I got to tell you, here's the thing. I was thumbing through Facebook and I saw Marianne's post with the link. And I'm like, what time is it? And then, and I'm like, ooh, I mean, I'm on, you know, I could jump on. And then it said, anybody. And I'm like, I'm an anybody. Yeah. Right? No, the thing is, the idea was, and I just told Marianne about this like 45 minutes before we were recording. This was an idea that I've had in my head for a while. I'm like, you know what? Anybody who just wants to dive in, come on in. And we'll, you know, um, I mean, we did have some stuff that we wanted to talk about, but this was way better. Um, way, way, way better. And plus, we, we haven't seen you in a while. And it's, and it's good to know that you're alive. I mean, as, as long as the person that's talking to us isn't impersonating your voice. Yeah, but, no, no, I'm, I'm alive. I'm doing great, man. We... I know it's so weird because I'm, you know, I mean, I'm from, uh, I, I was raised in a really bad neighborhood in Tacoma and, um, and now I live uh, in the middle of the prairie and, and we're, we're just happy out here. We don't, I have a bunch of guns, but they're literally not for people. I carry a gun in my truck because if I break down in the prairie, like I said, I could run into a moose or a bunch of coyotes that want to eat me, or some, yeah. So I carry a truck gun, but it's not for people. Yep. You know, so it's just it's a weird place, but we're super happy here, you know. And uh, I enjoy it. And and once I move into town in uh, uh, two weeks, um, that's going to change a lot. My my station. Can I plug it? Sure. Do you yeah, can plug whatever absolutely. you want. Okay, it's uh, B-A-K-K-E-N, BakkenRollRadio.com. We're in the Bakken oil fields here. Um, Bakken was the scientist who discovered there is oil here, Mr., uh, Dr. Bakken or whatever. He was a geologist. But anyway, uh, Bakken Roll Radio, it's 70s and 80s music. Um, there's going to be a lot of comedy. There's going to be uh, paranormal shows. There's going to be... Um, there's going to be, uh, well, we're going to have down the rabbit hole with, uh, Daryl fortune and, uh, and, uh, 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 Brandon Valentine. I almost called him by his real name instead of his stage name, but, um, oh, uh, he moved to Houston actually. He in Houston. Yes. He moved over by Daryl. That's right. And then, so we're going to be doing, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of different shows, um, if you guys ever decide you want to do something and keep it a tight 60, I'd be happy to play it 60 minutes, um, whatever that may be. Um, and, and, it, and the thing is, is they're so starving. You got to understand I do. Um, I I'm on FM radio three times a week. We actually did a TV show for local TV here for oh i don't know six months that um i wrote and directed um that was a lot of fun 
we kind of did. Um, you ever see the show King of Cars way back in the day? Sounds familiar. Okay. Anyway, we did more of a reality type show about the dealership, but we scripted some stuff and uh, made it funny. That was a lot of fun. We did that for like six months. Uh, and then we just got too busy and we just couldn't do it anymore um, uh, because, you know, we have day jobs. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man, you know, uh, Big Fish Mud Puddle, I guess it's been a lot of fun. And and um, eventually I, I've been offered an hour show on FM, but I don't think I want to do it because, you know, I, I, I slip out the F word once in a while and I, I really don't want to change because I think I can make my show more popular than FM around here. Very so, possibly, yeah. so again, if you guys want to put something together, that's a tight 60, let me know. And, and we'll air it right here on Bach and roll radio. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a good station. I'm, uh, I, I'm taking the plans um, and kind of the format in a way that NWCZ radio did, except for I'm not doing local music. I'm literally doing everything seventies and eighties. Um, I'm doing classic rock. I'm doing, uh, seventies and eighties hip hop. You might catch some NWA. You might catch some grand funk railroad. You might catch some Aussie, um, uh, Hall and Oates. Who knows what you're going to listen to on the playlist, but then we're going to have some original shows. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Nice. Well, oh, I, I do want to say that um, we will be probably at least asking you to help chime in. Uh, we are going to be doing in the next week or two for the, for the new year, one of our first guests is going to be an actual licensed and registered sexual addictions therapist. Oh, yeah. Right. So we're looking for questions and and things that like comments from the audience, things that they would like us to ask. And just questions. If you ever thought about like. um, What and I'm not talking about low hanging fruit, like, oh, sex, it's not even how can that be an addiction? Because we're already going to discuss that. That's going to be one of the first things that we'll talk about. But it is going to be a special show, and I'm really looking forward to having her on. And she'll be with us for the full two hours. So um, absolutely having those questions and stuff. Right. I already have a question. I mean, uh, if sex, if you can relate it to, like, uh, you know, cards, uh, um, I'm just wondering if it's okay to play solitaire. Ah, highly recommended, I do believe. I've had that yeah. conversation. I've had there that conversation. So, so, yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? Just if you hit me up, you know, I mean, if it's anywhere near this time of night, I'm fine. Um, I get off work about 5 o'clock Pacific time, mostly. Okay. You're um, like two hours ahead of us, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm okay. two hours ahead. So, um, and yeah, any, you know, you know, anytime, if you want, if you guys ever want me to chime in, just hit me up beforehand. I'd love to. It's, um, I kind of miss this kind of stuff. I don't do it a lot anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we enjoyed having you. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. I'm very, I'm very happy that you're happy. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. All right. Well, I'm at about 2% of, 
of uh, my phone here. Yep. So I yeah, have well, to wrap. I will, I will close us out. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been our broadcast. Thank you for listening. Special, very special shout out to Eric Puddin, Laurentin. That's your last one, right? Yeah, right. you got it. You nailed it. Right. Look at that. That's how close we are, bro. <laughs> anyway, Marianne, special thanks to you as well for doing this. This is our second to the last podcast episode before the new year. Next time we record, I might be here. I might be next to Marianne. But either way, that's going to be a fun one as well. As Marianne always say, make good choices. Yes. Good okay. job. I was like, I'm waiting for you to be like, you're fucking it up. And, uh, what did we talk about? Oh, yeah. If you have a problem with the word retarded, hey, fuck off. It's not about you. Goodbye.